Hello everyone, it's Mark here, wishing you a Merry Christmas, a Happy Holiday Season, and a Great New Year, and I've got a surprise for you today, a special early Christmas gift, that is if you're listening before Christmas, it's one of our secret episodes. Now normally, these episodes are only available to Patreon supporters, but as a special Christmas treat, we're making this one available to everyone. Now one thing to remember... The secret episodes are, what we say, a little bit more adult. We do swear a bit. Um, We usually imbibe in some adult beverages. They're lots of fun, lots of banter. But don't listen to this one with the kids in the car. They might get a bit of a surprise at some of the language. So you've been warned. Language warning. But now, I hope you enjoy the secret episode. And have a very happy, merry, jolly Christmas. And we'll speak to you soon. Bye. You're listening to a Diceman Cometh secret episode for Patreon supporters only. Don't tell anyone else about it. We'll do. Maybe tell people who would like to support us on Patreon. Anyway, enjoy the secret episode. The Diceman Cometh! Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This is indeed the Dice Men Cometh secret episode number seven. La! Hail Satan edition! Fuck yeah! Woo! So. Oh, someone's had a few little, uh, little glasses of orange juice. Yeah, so if this is somebody's first secret episode and they're listening with their several kids in the car. Sorry. Which is first, yes, we get a bit rude on this. And we finally, after nearly 10 years of doing this, do have a heavy metal intro. And I'm sure Trent, somewhere, wherever he is in the world, would be proud of us. Indeedy do. And we are here for more... MA-rated fun board gamey chats with the beers and the lads. I am the Leon. That is... Garth. And that is... Mark. And, you're not going to believe it, we're going to answer some of your questions and then do a top ten. It's going to be fun games all around. Absolutely. But before we ask some questions, maybe I might just ask a question, which is not a question from you, but a question from us. What do you reckon about that sting? Oh, no. I'd love to get some feedback. I haven't heard that Whether you think it's way too heavy or you like it heavier. I hope they all think it's way too heavy. (laughs) You you want someone screaming and being murdered. Yes, I need to... Preferably Leon. I need to mention that that is done by a friend of mine, Rowan, who's from the band Mind in Motions, who you can check out on Spotify. They have an awesome first album, and their second album is on the way. And he's hopefully going to be knocking up a few different stings for us sometime soon-ish, but he's a very busy lad. And Mark's pressing buttons. Mark doesn't know what he's doing. There we go. Solid work, pressing that one button. That's right. There we go. But now... We turn the volume way down on that button. (laughs) So we do apologise, as always, if we have blown your eardrums. And if that sting... Sorry, that jingle is a bit too new school for you, I have one of my friends, one of my brother's best friends, who is also doing a jingle for us. And he's a bit more of the 70s, 80s metal style. He is... He is from a uh, Metallica and Iron Maiden cover cover band here in Tassie called The Cunning Stunts. So there you go. Perfect. (laughs) All right, well, 
Time for Patreon questions. Indeed you do. We've got some absolute pearlers. We probably won't get to all of them, but we've written down all of them, so next month we will get to the rest, That's and there will right. be more and more and more, and we might do a big old chunk of them next time. Thanks to the uh, the internet, we never forget about them. That's right. Oh, uh, sorry. Fun. Oh, yes. You said the word thanks. I'm just going to get this out of the way now, because we always forget... Even though this is our Patreon exclusive, we're not going to be throwing adverts at you, but we still do have to thank our main sponsor, LFG, and our good friend Charles, because he is one of the best people in Australian board gaming. Most people that are listening to this Patreon will probably know who he is and know he's an awesome bloke. Now you may continue, Mark. Awesome, thank you. So, our first question today comes from a new Patreon su- supporter. Oh, wow, we got a new one. That's yeah, great. we did. Um, you may know him. His name is Mitch. And his question is a little bit suspicious, but I'm going to ask it anyway. I worked with a Mitch today for like 12 hours. He didn't say anything about being a new patron. That's that's so cool. Must be a nice bloke, though. So Mitch... Yeah, sure, that's your name. Mitch says, What was your favourite moment of PAX, and why was it hanging out with the board game barbecue crew? (laughs) Mitch, I think we're on to you. Uh, Can I answer this question? Yeah. Get fucked. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you're all lovely, but I wasn't there, so I'm going to go back to drinking while these two. Oh, yeah, answer. I forgot you weren't there. Yes, <laughs> suck it. Mm. And the second closely related question from James Ewing is: Who is your least favourite member of the board game barbecue crew, and why is it Mitch? <laughs> <laughs> Leon, you'd get that if you're. Yeah, a yeah, it's an inside joke with you and your your barbecue friend. But it is a great opportunity to mention that not long after this episode comes out, the seventh secret episode, we will be coming out with episode three hundred and forty-three, our third PAX special interview episode, where we interview board game barbecue while they interview us. We also have our interview with Amy from Thinkathema. Uh-huh. So it's our content creator PAX episode, and it will be a beauty. Wow, that's like four episodes in four weeks. That's almost like we're real podcasters again. Crazy. That's right. Just All imagine right. if you'd come to Paxley and we could have had some more interviews done. <laughs> okay, uh, now. So, so that's it? That's, that's, that's the, the question? That's, that's the question answered? R- riveting stuff. So we, we had had an okay time with Board Game Barbecue. We don't like Mitch. Yep. And or we do like it? Mitch, or we don't like... We, we do. Well, look, on a sliding scale of the... Is it 50 Board Game Barbecue people? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, Mitch would be in the top 25. Well, I'd argue, since he's the one giving us money, I imagine, that he's by far the best and Actually, the rest... That's a really good point. The yeah, rest he's certainly can, our favourite, that's for sure. The rest can somewhat a little bit get far. He'd, he'd be in the top 12. <laughs> okay, good to know. Look, I'm pretty sure that Mitch is quite influential and I'm sure he'll get the other 50 barbecuers to sign up to Patreon like we've definitely done on their Patreon. Absolutely. Absolutely. We might have used different names because we want to remain anonymous and we don't want to have anything... disclosed that we've done. Exactly right. But we are definitely 100% um, Patreon subscribers for... And look, they they wouldn't be able to track that we were because they have so many... That they probably don't notice three new ones yeah. in amongst the thirty or forty extra ones they get per month. Well, I mean, he's only our what fifth Mitch backer, <laughs> tenth. I, yeah. I can't remember. Oh, who, who can keep track of their Mitches? So many Mitches. Yeah, Mitches, so Mitches for days. Mitch better keep my money. Yes. <laughs> anyway, oh, I've got ninety-nine cleans. problems. <laughs> Mitch 
is not one. Okay. <laughs> Just one of the 99 barbecues. Anyway, all right. Um, let's question. move on to a question from Matt Gleason, who we caught up with at PAX. And Leon. who's also a game... Oh, you didn't catch up with him, Leon. Just Garth yeah. and I did. He's a nice bloke, hey? And he's a game designer. Aren't they all? Also... Yeah. <laughs> A prize winner. Oh, yes. From the Dice Men Cometh. Yes. <gasps> Leon, you might remember this because mm. I think Mark had, you know, he'd fucked off and retired or something. Oh, I vaguely remember. But we, we ran a competition and we gave a prize to a, a gentleman who provided us with cowboy type photos, the sepia photos. Oh, yes. You know, they look really, really cool. They, they were gold. Yeah. No, that was Matt Gleason. Well, there you go. I cannot remember what he won, but congratulations. And he came up and introduced himself to Mark and I. At PAX! It was probably a board game that we definitely still wanted, but gave away anyway. Well, yes. There you go. The uh, the streams are crossing here more often than a one urinal toilet in a men's bar. All right. So, back to Matt Gleason and his question. What sparks your interest when hearing about a new game? Is it a particular theme, slash mechanism, slash designer? Well, anything designed by Matt Gleason, obviously. Slash publisher, or something... That will really grab your attention, Garth. Okay, well, out of all of those topics that you mentioned, probably the one that is least important to me is the publisher. Mm -hmm. Probably the most important would be the designer, mm -hmm. followed by the mechanics. Because theme, yeah, theme's good. Theme's really, really good. But what is theme without mechanics to, yeah. to actually make it mean something? And that's why you know, Vitalis Herda is, is right up there with excellent designer, Excellent theme and exceptional mechanics. But for me, yeah, it's it's knowing that you're going to get what you see on the box or yep. on the Kickstarter or on the Game Founder or on whatever it is. I don't necessarily want to be shocked and awed. I want to be surprised at some wrinkle, but I want to have the consistency to know, yep, I'm going to get what I pay for. Mm -hmm. That's that's me. Okay. What about you, Leon? Um I am, since I'm such a, a positive, loving person, uh, what I actually look for... <laughs> what I actually look for in anything, be it video game, movie, comic, anything, is actually the negative. <laughs> um, when it comes to, like, reviews and things like that, I don't, I've never, I don't think I've ever read a 10-star review of anything in my life, because what's the fucking point? They're going to say, oh, it's all really good. What I want to see... Hang on. I remember having lots of conversations with you that you also put on the radio show that says, give us five-star reviews, anything else doesn't count. Yeah, it's different. <laughs> I, no, it doesn't. Because I said so. He's a man Listeners, of many contrary if you, opinions. If you haven't done it, yeah, please no, give us a five-star review. Yeah, because I haven't read those reviews. <laughs> I just get told from you guys what they are. Anyway, my point being is because what I was going to say was that if I see something that I'm interested in, I'm... I'm interested in it. I will play it regardless. However, if I see things that put me off, hence the negative, whereas, you know, I don't really care too much what style of game is unless I see something that I don't like that is more likely to put me off. For instance, I was looking at a game today, uh, uh, Empires of the North, Imperial Settlers, Empires of the North. There was an expansion that came out this year. I didn't realise that. Oh, my God. I had a quick look at it, and in the first sentence, it said, I think it was called, like, uh, it was Lighthouse something, and in the first sentence, it said it is a campaign for solo play. Oh. So I threw up on my mouth twice <laughs> in the same opening <laughs> sentence and went, I don't need to have anything to do with this. There you go. But I guess the issue is, if you have a page of 
20 games and all you see is the picture in a one sentence, mm. what is it that's going to make you click on that, you know, would you like to know more? Well, as a follow-up question, Leon, to cross-examine you, you said, mm. if there's something I'm interested in, then I'm interested in. What you didn't answer is, what is it that piques that interest in the first case that has you go, yeah, I'm interested in that one? Like, Blood and boobs and stuff, you know. <laughs> so theme. Yeah, uh, yeah I guess and theme and art is, yeah. you know, the first bite is with the eye. So that's normally where you go to. Um, but yeah, designers are one of them. Publishers makes no difference whatsoever. But design is much like a director of a film or, you know, even actors I don't specifically follow necessarily. But whereas directors I will. So designers, I guess, is one that I would look for. But yeah, okay. when you first see something and go, ooh, that looks interesting. And then you read that elevator pitch. And then as long as it doesn't put me off, I'm still interested. Regardless of what mechanics are in it, I'm kind of, I'll have a crack at anything unless it's something I really dislike. Yeah. So is the, is the worst sentence that you could possibly hear is a campaign solo real-time game? <laughs> Roll and write. Roll and write. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. A solo real-time camp- <laughs> My God. If you can do that... Without cheating, you are ten times a better human being than I. Because that's one of the main reasons I don't do anything solo. Because I know I would just go, yeah, let's pretend that five's a six. (laughs) It's the same as when you're reading the old choose-your-own-adventure novels. We all keep ten different fingers in different pages (laughs) that we go back to it. So that's one of the reasons I don't set them up. Because it's like, whereas in video games, I can't bloody cheat. So it's fine. What are you talking about? Yeah, you set your little saves. Yes, that's right. Go back. Oh, I can save scum, of course. I mean, XCOM will attest to that, saving every five seconds. (laughs) But that's that's a rare one. Anyway, Mark. Well, for me, uh, so a little bit like Lee, on in that the the picture and what it's trying to get across will draw my eye if you like and then I'll start reading because theme is very important to me you know I'm really into the narrative games but I will then get drawn to the mechanics a bit because firstly does it have any role or move I'm out of there you know, is it one of these games where it seems like, well, there's going to be lots of story, but in terms of the mechanics, is it a seventh continent where it's like this, just one thing over and over and over and over and over again? But I have to say, you know, look, I am a huge fanboy for anything that Awaken Realms does. So if anything they do, I'm not, it's not necessarily an auto back because I haven't backed, for example, The Great War, which was like their Euro game. I didn't back the second version of Nemesis because I haven't got the first one to the table anywhere near enough. But I did just recently back the second version of Tainted Grail. But that was mainly because the Kingdom Come Deliverance board game that I really wanted to get just basically got pulled off yes. or took itself down from um, from GameFound and disappeared. And I was like, well... I was going to spend that money anyway. I might as well spend it on Painted Grail. <laughs> See, funny that you mention um, Roll and Move. I'm actually quite of the opposite in that there's a reason why I've wanted to play that Merlin game for years and fucking Queenslanders keep winning it from under our noses. I could have chosen that, couldn't <laughs> yes, I? Yes, you could have chosen that, but you didn't. Prick. Um, <laughs> because everyone knows it's a rubbish mechanic. So yeah. any game that in this day and age puts it in there, I'm like, oh, I'm intrigued. What are they doing here? Whereas some people legitimately think that Solo gaming and campaigns are still good, so... <sighs> Leon, if only you were at PAX, you could have played a Roland game, a Roland Move game with us that we played with the designers from Quill Silver Studio. 
That's right. I like the designers, and they're also very, very good at art. They are. So I would have liked to have played that. And it's it was so metal because it had a dragon. Yeah. Burning stuff. Indeed. Just letting you know, you did have a ticket to PAX now. You could have come. I know. I <laughs> Now, a follow-up question. Not that John knew it was a follow-up question, but it is now, because you mentioned Roll the Move. John asks, Monopoly is widely considered a rubbish game. For good reason. What is the smallest change you can think of that would make it tolerable? Good might be too much to ask for. And none of that nonsense about the people you play making it fun, says John. Oh. Well, I guess the first thing is you've got to figure out what rules you're going to pay, play of Monopoly, mm-hmm. isn't it? Because everyone has their house rules about where you put the parking, you know, the free parking and the money and all of that garbage. Um, Leon, have you got a thought about what you would actually change? There's one big, massive, glaring one, regardless of all the other problems with that game, is that it needs an ending. It needs a concise ending. Because there isn't one. The whole point of that game is you keep going until you've beaten everyone in submission because yeah. monopolies are not a good thing. Um, but the thing is, you don't want to say just like, oh, it's a two-hour time limit because then if some people were slow on their turns and other people's rush, it's not really fair. But you need to figure out some way. It's like the first person to have know, like a dozen hotels wins or something, something of that nature. Mm-hmm. So you can actually go, this game is going to end and we actually have a goal as opposed to just beat up your friends and family. I had a conversation with someone at PAX, and I apologise if this person's listening, I can't remember who they were, where they said that, for them, playing the version where the banker is electronic Mm -hmm. was really good, because A, it sped up the game, and B, it stopped people from cheating. Um, Well, if there's people cheating at the table, that's a whole other issue. Yeah, that's exactly right. I've actually played Monopoly Deal, which is a very little, very short card game, that I actually quite enjoyed. And, so you know, I, I own it. I yeah. almost bought it the other day, actually, yeah. Yeah, because it's... it was $4.99 on Amazon. Yeah, I think everyone could happily have that on their shelf, because yeah. that game has an end to it. There you go. There's a couple of ideas, John. You can run with that. Now, finally... What about my idea? Do I not get it? Oh, yes. Finally, we hear from Garth. Yes. There we go. I don't know. I haven't got any ideas. Okay, cool. Um, no, that is not true. My little tweak would be adjusting and, and removing the roll and move mechanic Ooh. and maybe giving you a bit of agency over over it so it could be that like know, Catan doing it with the deck of cards instead well something like that or the you know that's the same <laughs> basically say you say you you always move five but you can pay money to move four or three or two or one, and it becomes increasingly more expensive to go further or closer. Yeah, so like that some sort of game. Just imagine, you know, you could buy your three properties, but it's going to cost you a hundred dollars for every number lower than five. So you're going to have to spend four hundred dollars to go one space, and then you got to buy the property. So you could buy everything just in one round around the game. That could be no. A really don't you quick start with? Game. Don't you start with? Was it five hundred dollars? Fifteen hundred dollars? Fifteen, I think. It's been a very long time. It's been a very long no, time. No, no, isn't it? Only about 500. 1500 would be massive. Oh, no, because... That's funky monopoly kicking in there. That's... I thought you started with A5. Well, you start, you start with a $500 note. Oh, we could go on for hours about Monopoly. Let's not. Anyway, no one remembers. Yes, who gives a flying fuck? <laughs> That's right. Let's move on. Hey, I really enjoyed playing Junior or Monopoly Junior with my kids when they were very young. And that does play bloody quick it is kind of boring 
But anything that allows me to play a game with my young yeah. kids at the time was really good. And I got it for a dollar at the tip shop. Hey, and, you know, look, no matter how much we bag it, how many people has Monopoly got into board gaming? Maybe they haven't progressed very far, but I'm sure there's plenty of us who started with something like Monopoly. Leon, what were you going to say? No, I was just curious if anybody out there has played many of the um, the My First type games with their kids because we kind of, well, I know personally me, I kind of gave up because I think I got, when my niece was quite young, we got her, I think it was My First Ticket to Ride, mm-hmm. which is anything Garth would play. <laughs> um, and I think it was like My First Stone Age and they were both shite. Yeah. Like really just, not even, to the point where it's just like, don't even bother playing this. So I'd be curious if any of the other ones have kind of nailed it since then. Yeah, my my first Catan looks a little bit interesting, okay. but with a lot of those games, the game as it is is what makes it interesting and to dumb it down um, sort of takes away from it. And I would look at maybe, so, as opposed to that, something like, say, Charterstone, where the game starts off quite simple, but the complexity builds because you're adding to it as you go. And Leon... It's a campaign game, mm. and it has a solo mode, but I never played it. So, but that that way you are starting off with a simple game, and it's getting more complex as you play it. Well, maybe I'll have a crack at that with my two year old, and we'll see. What how about? We go. Um, didn't you have? What do you have? My little size. I did, but that's a game that's quite beloved by the grown up people. Okay, it's one of those games that stupidly I bought and then just lost faith in it after a couple of months, and I think sold before we even got a chance to play it. But mm. I have heard good things, but mainly only from adults. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, we've got one more. Oh, phone just gone blank. Here we go. And trigger warning for anyone who's ever been injured while playing board games. Has any of the dice men... Oh, sorry, I should say this is uh, Midnight Skeptic. Shocking. Long-time listener, long-time question asker. The goat of questions. Has any of the dice men suffered an injury during a board game? For example, twisted back from searching for rolled dice on the floor, severe paper cut from fleshly, I was going to say, freshly printed cheat sheets, or slap in the face from Trent. Well, I'm going to answer this by saying, I don't think I've ever been slapped in the face by Trent, but I'm pretty sure I've still got a bruise (laughs) because he always punches me in the arm in the same spot. (laughs) Bloody hurts. And he's not listening to this. Trent, you're a bastard. You should just sit on the other side, you'll be fine. Yeah, because then you'll at least punch the other side. Yeah, exactly. You should even it up. Well, I, I assume we're not counting um, sort of psychological injuries, are we? <laughs> Too many to name. Oh, God. That's, that's a whole special in itself. <laughs> Too many to name. Yeah. Uh, yes, I, I certainly remember numerous occasions where after a very long stint of whatever it is we were playing, getting up in the lower back going, twang! And that was fucking painful. And I I don't even... It was a few years ago now, but I almost, almost couldn't go to BorderCon because my back was so <laughs> bad. I had to go to the doctors in Melbourne, I think it was, before we get there just to, to make sure I survived. Um, any other physical injuries? <sighs> no, I think it's just... just Sort of did psychological get, scarring. Did you get hit? Oh, luckily you wear glasses. You might have got hit in the eye by one of those flying goblins one time. <laughs> <laughs> or carcass on the catapult. Yes. Leon? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, do I need to say that I have a bad back? <laughs> and it's more up and down than joining the Mile High Club in turbulence with somebody with hooping cough. Yep. So it's just, you know, yes, I have a shitty back. And at the, at the end of the day, doing any sort of thing 
you know, living <laughs> can just hurt my back at the drop of a hat. And also, you, I was going to say you own cats, but cats own you. Mm. And gaming at your place can be risky because you, if you drop something on the floor and you reach down to grab it, you, when you pull your hand back, it might be bleeding. No, because I actually know how to train my animals properly. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm not one of those people that say, just, you know, out of the blue, not that this is real, would go to, say, a park that isn't a dog park, just a normal park, and just let my dog off the leash. And <laughs> and if it went anywhere near my two-year-old, I would stomp the fucking thing to death. <laughs> not, not, that's just a hypothetical. <laughs> that's just a hypothetical. Okay, okay. Just lost a few patrons there. <laughs> There's some scratching, not from oh, the it's it's up there with the the um they haven't turned the light off on the plane of the seatbelt thing and you hear people click clacking, it's like that except it's worse because it's my son's life that people are playing with. It's your, <laughs> yeah. say, it's your brain click clacking into yeah must kill someone yeah. But you've got a second one on the way like it's the true. air and the spare. I do have a spare one. Yeah. All right. Well, I thought that was the last question, but we've got one more. Oh, and cool. The reason why I got confused is because we're not going to answer this question right now. We're going to answer it in the whole rest of the show. What? What? Because Midnight Skeptic oh, must have again oh, for the love of read Does he just put his own podcast minds. or something or what? Yes. He must have read our minds because he says, as podcast slash content creators, you are obliged to ride the cult of the new wave. However, in those small moments where you're able, are there games that the Dice Men continue to revisit? The games that will still be sitting on their shelves in five years' time? I will always have Carcassonne and Steam with me when the fam- family bundle me off to the retirement home. Well, midnight. Funny you should ask that question. Because when we come back from a short break, we are going to talk about 10 games individually that we each have on our own shelves that we haven't played for at least a year, but we're keeping for reasons, and we're going to go into those reasons. We will. However, we will go to a little break, first Mm. of all. Enjoy this little musical interlude, and we'll be back. You're back in the room with the Dice Man Cometh here for secret episode number seven. And now we're going to get to the meat and three veg and tofu sides. What veg would we be? There's a question. There's... <laughs> we, out of, out of the three of us, what, what veg would we be? I mean, you've got... I used to be a carrot top. No. Now I'm just... No. <laughs> all grey. You've got... You've got pumpkin or sweet potato written all over you, I reckon. <laughs> Pumpkin. Yeah, sweet got pumpkin. Potatoes. <laughs> got pumpkin. You're so sweet. You, you're asparagus because you, <laughs> you smell. Hey! <laughs> no. I was hoping to be a pomato. Or a Greg plant. <laughs> a Greg plant. <laughs> and? No, I want to be a pomato. Okay. Well, you... So that's that hybrid where you grow tomatoes at the top, but in the roots uh-huh. it grows potatoes. Okay, that's weird. What, what, what about me? Do I go on? Uh, Leon. Whatever what? it is, it's rotting. Oh. Well, I mean... Speaking of Greg plants, he does look a bit like an eggplant. Not the emoji, but you know that he's like it's dark and purple, a little, a little <laughs> bit, a little bit black, a little bit. You know, goes off really quick. 
You're never quite sure how to serve him, but there's just something about him that keeps you going back to it. So I'd, have to say, but, I'd say he's more coriander. But if you put, <laughs> Don't you fucking no, care. No one ever says, oh, yeah, yeah he's okay. Don't you, they go, he's really good. Oh, fuck that guy. Uh, I will happily take eggplant slash aubergine. You can fuck your coriander. Right? <laughs> Gross plant of battery and hate. Uh, well, on that note, Time to get down to the game. So once again, what we're talking about is 10 games that are on our shelves. But we have them played them for at least a year. And I know for me, pretty much all of these are well past a year. Oh, yeah. But I'm keeping them. I don't want to sell them. I'm probably going to tell you why I'm not selling them. I hope why so. I'm keeping them, what special memories there are, why I think, in, for the most part, they're still a good game. All right. Well, do you want to start with a particular game, Mark? Well, oh, okay, Garth, I will. Now, have have you ranked these games? Oh, have you alphabetized them? Have you done it in chronology of the game that you most recently played to Look, the one you haven't played in 45 some, years? Some or? people would say that, you know, being a professional board game reviewer... Slash I, content creator. Con, slash content creator. Slash media, if the badge at PAX had anything to do right. with it. That I Leon, would be able to the, easily the order these from most something to least something or best something to worst something. But you've not done it. But in this case... You've not done it. You've because, only had a month to organise. You've not done it well, Because I have been having built-in wardrobes built into my house, and so over the previous weekend, I basically had to pull everything out of my gaming office place room and empty out of my calyxes so I could move them out of the room. So you had plenty of time to look at these games and yeah, yeah, them yeah, and, and even them. place them in an exact pile stack on no, top. No, no, I didn't have that time at all. And I had to get rid of all of them. Because you had to build a shelf. You physically had different to... part of the room so that then the room would be freed up for the tradespeople ah. to access. And so I spent probably a whole day carrying piles of board games and they're all piled up on a desk somewhere, some obscured, some not. So really this was me looking at the various parts of that pile and picking out games. Did the, did the tradesman call you a nerd? <laughs> I, I think he just, you know, didn't know what to say really. <laughs> anyway. Well, that's an interesting way to hide all your porn. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so... He probably is going, where's your Monopoly? Yes. <laughs> um, I'm going to start with one that it's very near and dear to me. But I don't. the weird thing is, I don't know if I will ever play it again. Because, Garth, you own the new, new, new version of this. Do I really? I'm talking about Thunderstone, the original deck building game that came out just after the first Dominion came out. And it was... Just like Dominion, except it had a theme pasted on about, you know, you're adventuring and you're fighting and getting weapons and killing monsters. And then I went, I loved it so much. I played Dominion. It was like, yeah, but you know me, I'm all about the theme. Played Thunderstone. It was like, this is amazing. Rushed out and bought all of the expansions. <laughs> right up to, I think, the first one that was called Thunderstone Quest, which was a few years before the new Thunderstone Quest came out. So I have about... I think I have about four or five expansions for this game. Okay. Massive amount of cards. Yep. The thing is, it's worth nothing because who wants to play the old one when you can play the new fancy one? So it's not worth selling because I wouldn't really get any money for it. And for the amount of cards I've got, it just wouldn't be worth it to sell it for 
a token amount. Yep. And I did. I played it so many times. I did the Tom Vassell. I can't remember what he called it. We're like combining all the expansions together, um, combining all the enemies together. So it was like a crazy way. He had some name for it, but I can't remember. It was so long ago. Um, but yeah, Thunderstone. It's it's still there. It's still. I've got about three boxes of cards, and I don't reckon I'll ever get rid of it. Maybe you should put it into our pile of games for the giveaway competition. No, I can't give it away, Leon. So you can't sell it and you can't give it away, but you'll no. probably never play it again. You are what's wrong with the world. Hey! <laughs> there you go. Just in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> well, you are more than welcome to play my beautiful new version, which has been played a, a, a Twice, bit. maybe? A bit. There's lots of little bits in there, and yeah. there's a truckload of cards that have not even been taken. Oh, no, I, I, I would happily sit down and play it straight after this podcast if this wasn't going to end late and that game didn't go for hours. <laughs> yes. And there's what? There's a solid dozen expansions for that after the base, which we've not obviously yeah. looked at because we've only played that one. Also a solo mode, Leon. And um, I think yeah, we probably hit the nail right on the head with the very first game of what's our problem. <laughs> but Garth, what about you? Okay, well, I've also not put these in any order, except the order in which I wrote them down. So let's not use that order. I will go and choose a random number between 1 and 10. So, okay. So you two get to be the media at PAX when you can't even <laughs> order a fucking top 10. Yeah, what number would you like me to read? Would you do a damn job of it too, Leon? <sighs> well, the most commonly rolled number is 7, so roll to 7. Okay, well... It is probably one of the most recent games to enter my collection that is also one of the games that you have not played in over a year, and it is Smartphone. Smartphone was a game that only came out a couple of years ago, and it's this Euro about players having rival smartphone companies and they're trying to take over the world's mobile communications while simultaneously upgrading their networks and adding 4G, Mm. Uh, plus all other other different things, and there is a... uh, a little robot included that's called Steve for Steve Jobs. And that, that adds a, a little bit of an element of maximizing player count if you haven't got enough people around and the table. it actually works and it's quite good. Exactly. It's really simple. It's a really simple little sort of bot to add to a game and I thoroughly, thoroughly recommend it. It is a game that just squeaked out of my top 10 games of the year for maybe 2019 or 2020, something like that. And I don't think I've played it in in the last couple of years. Mm. So it's it's not a game that has sentimental value, but it is a game that is good enough yep. to absolutely stay on my shelf. And there are still many, many inbuilt expansions that I haven't played with yeah. yet. There's multiple maps, but depending on the player count, there are lots of little modules that you can add. There's advanced versions of tokens that make the, the base game just a little bit more complicated, which is what I like. It is a game that I... Leon, you played, didn't you, with me? I played it a few times. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, well, I remember it hit the table rarely for us, you know, like probably two, three, four times. That's right. Pretty much when you got it. Yeah, the, the challenge with that game is that I truly believe you have to play it at maximum player count. That's why this Steve little bot thing is excellent if you're one player short of maximum. But I couldn't really get excited about playing it with anything less because I think the, the player count might be five. Mm. So play that. But anyway, that's uh, that's my number seven. All right. Well, my number 10, because it's got a 10 written next to it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's the easy way out. Is that because you haven't played it for 10 years? No, not quite, although it's probably close. However, I did cheat a little bit. 
Because we said, no, I kind I kind of cheated kind of a little bit kind of, only kind of. Because we did say, we're not going to put games on the list that we've not played before. Correct. But, bear with me. Oh, here we go. What this is, is a second edition of a game that I absolutely loved. And that first edition I've wanted to play for ages and just haven't got it back to the table. It's now got to the point where that edition is gone from my library because apparently the second edition does the exact same thing plus everything a little bit better. And that is... The Brass. Game. No. You know too. No. That is the new version of Kemet. Aha. So Egyptian-themed gods, dudes on a map. It's a game that came out by this point seven, eight years ago and when it first came out, I smashed into it quite often it was a, like a once every fortnight for a couple of months there and i i really enjoyed it and it's still when to this day is still one of my favorite kind of dudes on the map because it just works and it's pretty like it's simple the only problem back then was that you kind of all needed to know what all the different powers and stuff were yeah. so i had to print off and like laminate my own thing so everyone could have a look and i had to tell the people look you probably want to go after these couple because they're really strong and blah, 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 blah. and using d4s as pyramids yeah that put yeah. in what a simple great idea yeah. but yeah no it is a game that um i really enjoyed back in the day and this new version is supposed to be great uh we just haven't cracked into it yet and i've probably had the new version a year it feels like yeah it would have been that i reckon since it's... it came out it was one of those campaigns where i went I really like Cyclades, yes. and I like you know, other dudes on a map, like Inish. It's so much better than Inish. Get fucked. <laughs> well, many many would argue that it was the Cyclades killer that replaced Cyclades. No, no. You can not, easily not have all three enthusiast. of those games quite happily. And between me and Garth, we do have all three That's of right. those games. That's right. So yes, Kemet right. my number 10. What is all your right. number nine? My number nine. Or I'm, one or seven or 12. Yeah, that one. My second game that I'm going to talk about, I want to take you back to a simpler time. A time... When there was dial-up. Where <laughs> Leon was barely born. Um, a time known in common parlance as 1990. Whoa! Way before I got into Euro games, but there were some Europeans mostly Germans, playing games. And there was a little game that came out called Adele Verplichtet. Okay. Okay. And sure. did Adele? Did Which, you really verplichtet? That's right. Now, it roughly translates to noblesse oblige, which is no more explanatory than Adele Verplichtet. <laughs> but apparently its name is a nod to a 1949 film, Leon. So you haven't ordered the list and now you're just making shit up. That's right. No, Already. <laughs> no, no, this game is so old it has history. Okay. So did you did you get the game because when you first saw the movie in the theatre <laughs> in 49, in it brings talkie, back a lot of memories? One of those talkies I saw yeah. back here. No. Prickers, visit the local movie house. When I went along to one of the very first incarnations of the Hobart Game Society, this was one of the very, very first Euro games that I played. You may know, excuse me, you may know the English version called Hoity Toity. I love Um, this game. That's right, where, um, but you may not know that it won the Spiel des Jahres in... 1990. 1990. That's right. You know your Spiel thing. Yeah, not bad for a three-year-old. And, Leon, guess who designed it? Uh, I'll give you a clue. Yeah. He's German. It's um, 
I, I, I do know it. His, it's, oh, His first name starts with K. Yeah. Klaus. Yes. His second name rhymes with Neuber. And Klaus Teuber. And he designed a little game you might have heard of, which had some success in the crossover from Euro to other countries, which is called Katen. Yeah. Katen. Katen. beer. Yeah. Katan. Did that he invent guy. the hex? Klaus, I he invented Klaus Teuber was a designer of Adele Verblichtet, now known as Hoity Toity. And in this game, you're basically rich people showing off your stuff. It's like a set collection game, but you're moving around. You can collect stuff or you can show stuff. And I actually don't remember the rest of the rules because it's been that long that I played it. It's got the little... Garth, this won't mean anything to you. It's got the little Ticket to Ride cards from the first edition oh, okay. Ticket to Ride where they're the little tiny... Stop looking at me, Mark. I don't... Yeah, I know. Or if you like Garth, the uh, the crew, the little mission cards from the crew. So all the cards are that big. So you hold them... These tiny little cards. So the crew's like Ticket to Ride? No. Oh. Imagine that would have made me play it. The, the first expansion for Ticket to Ride, bear with us, Garth, was basically just that exact same deck of cards except bigger. bigger. <laughs> Could you imagine someone trying to pull that shit now that they did? Like I had that expansion. Years? Oh, of course I did, because you need, cause you need yeah, that expansion. Right. But imagine someone trying to pull that yeah, now. It's very clever. Yeah. But anyway, I've got, so... I've got giant Azul. It's just giant. It's just Azul, but bigger. <laughs> Slightly different, but I, I see what you're going Anyway, for. so hoity-toity, you got these fucking tiny little cards. You're trying to hold in your fucking giant size hands. Well, they're hoity and toity. Yeah, it's got this really sort of classically German game cartoony art where the Germans thought it was funny, but... We all know about the German sense of humour. But I loved it so much when it introduced me to the hobby. I have played it, uh, I would have played it 20 or 30 times. The cards are quite worn because no bastard made any tiny sleeves back then. Um, But also, look, the hobby has moved on so much that, you know, for a trip down memory lane, it might be a great game, but it's probably not the sort of thing that I'm going to pull out for... 99% 99% of people. But it it has a certain appeal to me that I think, yeah, one day or, you know, maybe I'll show... Oh, well, you can't play with two players, so I can't show it to Sarah. Maybe I'll play it again one day. You can show it to your wife. Can, you don't yes. have to play it. Yes. And now's a perfect opportunity while you've just completely disassembled there's the room. Too many, there's too many games there, Garth. But yeah, that, so that's that's Adele Verplichtet. Or hoity-toity. My question is, if that game came out in 1990 and you played it in, say, 2010-ish or something... 2000, did, yeah, 2005, 2006. How did you find a copy of it? Well... The Ebays? The, no, no. This guy, whose house we used to go to... Yeah. He came from Germany. Oh. So, so he probably knew about chat, German games. A chat board on ICQ or... Yeah. But uh, he <laughs> had... Escape Navigator. 4chan. <laughs> part of his setting up this game group was he had ordered... Uh, box load of German games, oh, yeah. most of them in German because he spoke German and could translate them, that he bought out oh, in cool. around about probably like 2000-ish. Sweet. So, you know, which is, which is why this sort of game was in there. Lovely. Yeah, Sounds so good. there you go. Excellent. Garth. What number am I talking about next? You've said seven. Well, we're up to number nine, so say nine. Nine? Yeah. Oh, okay. 
you want to do them in some sort of order now? Or? No, I'm no. just allowing Leon to choose my random order. Uh, so this game is a Tim Fowers game, <gasps> known for Burgle Brothers and a few other games. But um, this is it a two-player game. No, it's not. Ooh. Although I do also have Fugitive yeah. in my collection. No, it's now boarding. Ah, oh, so good. Exactly. So it good. is so good. So I backed Tim Fowler's games quite routinely on, on Kickstarter because they're usually pretty reliable. So I've so, got... so you were attracted by the publishers? The, the... Well, he was the publisher as well as the designer's game. Yes, because it's Fowler's games. It's yes. the publisher. But it was because of him designing it. Yeah. Um, so I got that and I got a Walkstar? Oh, yes. Because there's a, a sort of a bulk pledge. I'm yet to play Walkstar. Of course. So that's still over there. So I should play that. <laughs> um, but, you know, now boarding is, in essence, a real-time game, Leon, where you are I remember it. trying to get passengers from one particular airport in the USA to its destination. But you don't just fly there. You might have to fly part of the, the way there. You know, you might get, be able to get them from Los Angeles to Atlanta, but you can't get from Atlanta to New York because you haven't got the rights to fly your plane there. So you've got to drop them off and let some other bastard put them in their plane and get them there. And all of this is happening in real time and you're picking up people and they're getting cranky when they don't get picked up. And it's a tiny little box game. And I think... Who was it? No pun included, I think. They they rated it as possibly their game of the year. Yeah, they loved it. I think it was. Um, and it's just a game that never ceases to be fun yes. when I have played it, which hasn't been for several years. It's one of the games that I recall playing in the New Sydney pub, which we used to go to before and or after you know a show at, at Edge Radio Studios yes. where we'd play some games. And it is a great, awesome game. And I'd love to get it to the table again. But who the hell has time to go back to all these these old games? And this is, again, getting to the, the crux of the question here. Maybe we'll answer it after we've gone through these. Maybe we should make an oath to get something off our shelf of shame. <laughs> well, considering we I don't think I've, ever, I've never heard anyone do that. Well, considering we can't play any of the new stuff because we can <laughs> not put our schedules together. Who knows? All right. Leon. Leon. Yes. What's your number nine? Uh, my number nine is a game that the only reason I think I haven't played it more is because uh, since I have played it last, I have got several expansions for it and now in just like a deluxe big box of everything. So it's a little bit overwhelming to just the idea of even opening that box and f remembering all of it. But I would like to do that so I could play it more. And that game is a game that we almost played and then we didn't because Garth's a twat. And then we did play, because all the components were there, and that is role-playing. <laughs> Best game of Yahtzee I've ever played. Oh, you idiot. That was so funny. It was not. Anyway, <laughs> so role-player is basically a character creation for D&D, the board game, where you pick your different class and you've kind of got different goals you want to do, but you roll a whole heap of dice. And there's heaps of expansions for it that add lots of different stuff that you could actually then use that character to, to quest and go out and kill things and whatever else. You can very now, many people have made ways where the character that you create in Roleplayer, then you can then transfer over to D&D or your Pathfinder, however you please. Um yeah, it's really cool. And like I said, I have now have the big box that has everything in it. So many different expansions that we've not even touched at all. Well, I think I sold you my copy. That's where you got the, the base copy, I think, of Roleplay. I think so, yeah. Because I was going to back all the extra stuff. And then I was just like, why don't I just buy that off you? Because if we're going to play it, we're going to play it together anyway. Yep. So, yeah, it only made sense. And you had it all in the box for some reason this time. 
You saw him coming, didn't you, Garth? For funsies. <laughs> Look, one time I took the base game to the New Sydney again. Yeah. We were in room number seven. Mm, we were. Yeah. We were about to play. We should play role player. And I opened it and I had all the dice. And nothing, nothing else. Nothing else. Yes. <laughs> so we legitimately we played Yahtzee. <laughs> And this was after I'd... You guys had already played this once or twice. Yeah, it was really good. I wanted to play it so we could review it on the show. I was really looking forward to it. I'm nearly positive I'd come after, of course, my good old-fashioned 12-hour shift. Get to the pub. Pint on. Your beauty. Rock and roll. You've done fucking what? <laughs> yeah. So we didn't even review Yahtzee on the show. No, no. and Leon gets the shitty end of the stick again. Yes. So much like... Probably is going to be the theme, unfortunately, for a lot of mine on my list. It is, like I said, it's just expansion fatigue. The mm-hmm. idea of if somebody came to my house and said, oh, I'd really like to play that. Can we play that now? We'd need to have, straight away, I'd probably go, unless we've got like the whole night ahead of us, probably can we play something else because I'm going to need some time and some mental capacity to wrap my head around that again mm. and to separate it all. I'm, hopefully it's all separated in the box, but I don't even know. It's been that long <laughs> since I've opened it. Couldn't tell you. So that is my number nine role player. Classic. Well, I'm going to move right into my number eight game, which is a game by Freedom and Freese. Ah. Do you want to take a guess what the first letter of the name of the game starts with, Garth? Oh, fuck. Did you just call him remember. Freedom and Freese? Freedom and Freese. Ch- That's not his name. What's his name, Leon? It's not Freedom. Freedom and... Yeah, that's better. Freedman. That's what I said. Freedom and Freeze. No, that's uh, that's two people. Freedom yeah. and Freeze. Yes. They're a comedy duo. <laughs> you sounded like an American that was against French fries. That's what you. It's like French fries. I've changed. Freedom. Yes, I used to be Freedom fries. Francois Freeze. Yeah. But then now, because of them, I'm, I'm changing to fry Freeze. Anywho, continue. Anyway, Freedom and Freeze. I'm going to say it starts with F. Yeah. Um. He. You wouldn't think it was his game, though, apart from the fact that it's got that classic Freedom and Freeze green colour on the box. It's a tiny box. It's, a, in fact, a very similar size to that um, Game of Thrones Hand of the King game. Ooh. Like a box of coasters, basically. Yep. That is size. it about the size of Friday? Another Freedom yes, and Freeze game? it is. And Fort and those other little F games. But yeah, this, this Landlord's one that we This back dates... Yeah, but in German it was... It had an F word in front of it. Fucked yeah. landlords. Fuck landlord. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. Friendly landlords. <laughs> this backdates all of those because this game came out in 2007. Far um, I saw it. I think, look, crazy thing is I saw it in a game shop, I think maybe even in an airport, and I had to buy it because of the art. It was called Felix the Cat in the Sack. And then I think there might have been some trademark issues there because I look it up on Board Game Geek and it's now called Felicity the Cat in the Sack. <laughs> but my, I have the Felix version. Oh, okay. It's like having the Slaves version of Five Tribes. Which I do. The, okay. As opposed to the Fakir version. Let's not yes. go there. Um, we just so <laughs> with Felix the Cat in the Sack, it's a bidding game. You're bidding on... Now, cat lovers don't take offence... You're bidding on a sack of cats. Well, we have to balance it out because I think the dog lovers are probably not too <laughs> yeah, pleased with me. Yeah. Yeah, we've already lost the dog lovers, so let's get rid of the cat lovers. Too. And so, the Germans, well done, Mark. <laughs> All right. So now right. just the three of us are listening. Yeah, yes. okay. So you're bidding on a sack of cats. Now, what? how you form the said sack of cats each time you bid on it is everyone puts 
a cat into the sack. So you only know what cat you've put in. You don't know what cats the other people have put in. Or did they even put a cat in at all? Because there are also a couple of dogs in this deck. And a really freaky looking rabbit that looks like it's, (laughs) I don't know, like being hit by a car. And then someone's picked it by the ears and dropped it in a sack. Okay. And then so then you bid on the sack of cats. So cats can be worth negative points. Cats can be worth up to, I think the the, the highest one is 30. That's the the lucky cat. Oh, yes. The the, the, the Chinese lucky cat with the paw that moves. Mm -hmm. And the art is just absolutely gorgeous. You know, there's like the really, the cat that looks like it's also been hit by a car with its tongue hanging out and it's all scratchy looking that's cheap. And then, you know, they get more and more and more attractive. But if you get a dog, there are two types of dogs. If there's more than one dog, the dogs chase each other away. But if there's only one dog, the dog will eat the most expensive, the the cat that's worth the most points. Good dog. The rabbit's just worth zero. Anyway, you're trying to get most points. Is there an actual sack? uh, There's a card with a picture of a sack where you put the cats underneath. (sighs) You don't put them in a sack. That's a good... Unless in the new version, I don't know, because I've got the old... Sheriff of Nottingham has actual sacks. Now, now that's a game that could be on this. I almost put that Mm. on my list. But anyway... We played the hell out of that game when it came out. (laughs) You sure did. But not Felix the Cat in the sack. And it's so sad because it's such a fun game. Why don't you bring it? Because there's so many games to play, Garth. But it doesn't sound like it takes four hours. No, it doesn't. Surely we can play it. One of these games where... We would probably take four hours. I'd need to (laughs) sit down and read through the rules again. But they're not that tricky... The art is gorgeous. It's fun. It's there's a real sort of take that sneaky element to it. Um, so if surely you see, there's a surely there's a Rodney of Felix's cat in the sack. Can't you just imagine Felicity, Rodney maybe. Smith, you know, talking about putting? Cats well, in maybe that sack? maybe I'll look it up because yeah, I love it, and there's no way I'm ever going to get rid of it, even though I probably haven't played it for five years maybe i'm pretty sure i've played it with you i don't know yeah yeah probably i reckon i would have played it back way 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 back in the hogs days i would have played it yeah i haven't played it yeah sure of that but there you go felix or felicity the cat in the sack all right leon am i doing a demo you pick whatever you please you'd be a grown up about it you'd be a big boy and you pick what you think should be number eight what's the top one then what's number one number one throw the whole thing out of order number one yeah is flom rouge Oh, okay. That's that's that simple, you know. I know we talk about it from time to time. Uh, it is quite simply an elegant little cycling racing game yep. that never fails to disappoint, and it's been on there for ages, and I'm not getting rid of it. Except when they finally can release this big box, and then Leon will buy that, and then I can sell my version, <laughs> yep. and then a happy day. sell yours to Leon again. Yeah. It's probably one of the reasons we haven't played it, and it's actually there's a game on my list later that's very similar for this reason that we've just been waiting for this supposed big box that was going to be announced years ago that we're like, well, we'll wait till we get that. It'll probably have a new expansion in it and then we'll crack into it then. Yeah. And then it's just not happened. That's right. It's just every time it is a tight racing game, it is quick. It is easier to teach to, to newbies. Yeah. So I was thinking, you know, Mark, you, you talk quite often about you and Sarah going to a couple yeah. of friends and introducing them. They're It'd sort be of perfect hobby. for something it like that. Would, it would be that perfect sort of game. And, and Actually, I, was, I think next time I go to their place, I'm going to take Felix the Cat in the sack. <laughs> <laughs> and I was actually chatting to Adrian from Board Game Barbecue <laughs> last night. Um, and, and we were talking I'll, about... I'll blip that out in the edit. Yes. Uh, and we were talking about, you know, 
various games. It was actually just to, to you know, start having a, a couple of games on Board Game Arena. Mm-hmm. And we end up talking about Viticulture and how that's a great worker placement entry-level game, yep. which I certainly did mention on, on one of our shows. But I think Flom Rouge in terms of, you know, just, just getting newer gamers into a slightly more complicated race mechanic as opposed to a roll-and-move style race mechanic... It just ticks over. Yeah, a bit of boxes. hand management. Yeah, it's got the hand management. It's got the the beautiful um, modular board that changes. It's got the three D element with the cyclist being yeah. on there. Um, you've got those couple of expansions where the, the weather starts to play an impact as well. Um, it it was a game that I couldn't get until finally picking up some hand, you know, through second hand, you know, just through a, a marketplace or something like that. And I do not regret that for a second. Mm. So there's my number one, which is not my number one necessarily. It's just the first one I wrote down. Okay, take. Leon. Hello. Were well, we up to your number seven, I believe? No, number eight. Oh, because we've got... When you take three from ten, it equals eight. Yes, go. Anyway. It's your third one. Uh, yes, and I just realised that it is an exact uh, cheat-like commit. Oh, another one? <laughs> no, because it is. I haven't played... Cheat alert! I haven't played this new version of the game. And the game is Fury of Dracula. Oh. And it's a game that's a good game. It's been around for a very long time. Mm. Again, I think the reason I haven't played it is because to play this, you essentially need someone to be the DM and be Dracula, but to know the game inside and out for all the other players at yep. the table. Which, to be fair, any time I play a game at my house, I do that for any game anyway. Yes. And that would be you the majority of the times you would play this game. But that's probably the reason why it hasn't got to the table more, yeah. is I'd love the idea of having those, like, you know, say, you know, 10, 15 years from now when my kids are both early teenagers, a game that we play this, they it's all... 15 years from now, they won't be early teenagers. Oh. <laughs> like, Fuck up, man. Like, your son might be 17. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> He might stop running into things. <laughs> Let's hope he's 17. Anywho, the idea is that having a group of people that all know this game well, it's just like, who wants to be Dracula? Yeah. Oh, I'll be Dracula. Oh, I'll be Dracula. So it's not that it's daunting being Dracula every time, but I would like the idea of... But it's... I mean, it's a boring thing to say because for all 10 games on this list, and every game I think I own... Wouldn't it be amazing if you always, like the rules were always there and or you had a group of mates that the rules were always there. Yeah. So you didn't have to do that. Do you want to play that? And like, I do love that game, but yeah, I've got to do That's why I sold my second edition copy, which the little things were fully painted and everything, Yeah, was because... I don't like being the person who explains the rules, and you're up with that game. Yeah, the combat. If I'm was, not the Dracula master, then who's going to teach it? The combat was a bit meh, which is pretty much the only reason they put out new editions of this was to slightly change the combat. Yeah. I actually dislike some of the aesthetic changes in the newer editions, but I did get them for the reason that I thought maybe I'll get to the table more because the rules are a bit more streamlined. Mm. I just haven't had a chance to yet. But when it turns to, like, say, hidden movement games, it's the only one I have. So... But you also probably paid about $4,000 for this game, didn't you? No, that was the second edition. (laughs) When the second edition was out of print and had been for years, so we're talking probably seven or eight years ago. Because it was like the, the Battlestar Galactica... Yeah, like half a dozen years ago. It was it was $200 odd plus, and this was before Yasimon come along and just went like, we're doing a Kickstarter, it's $500, fucking deal with it. So the idea of paying $250 for an old game was obscene back then. But I did, and played it a couple of times, and really enjoyed it, and then eventually just went, no, nah, I'm going to sell that and get the new edition, hopefully get it to the table 
But yep. I haven't yet. Mm. See, <clears throat> in a similar kind of vein, that's why I've got Treasure Island up there, yeah. you know, which is the, the 1v many game and you're playing Long John Silver and you've got to try and escape. It condenses that 1v many mechanic yes. into that 30, 45 minute time frame. And it's really rules light. And it is one of those games where, yes, you might be Long John Silver for the first game, but I can guarantee after you've played one game, yep. anyone else is able to take on that responsibility. Yeah, and it, it is a game you could actually play multiple times. Yeah. The problem is there's a slight difference between Fury and Dracula and Treasure Island. Can you guess what that difference is? One Pirates. On an island. No, one of those games is good. <laughs> Yes, and the other one is Fury of Dracula. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, Treasure Island was fine. <laughs> the one v many game is a is a challenging beast. Yes, you know you you need you need to have that friend who is more than happy to be that person because they secretly don't really like anyone else in the group. <laughs> That one awkward person. And I mean, we're lucky in that regard. Yeah. You know, we've got our Trent. Yeah. And he's more than happy to have any opportunity to, <laughs> kill, to kill us else. and to, you know, yeah. you know, whack us off and all that kind of stuff. Like to really just go, Harden? I think I've missed those games. <laughs> oh, that's the other chat. <laughs> yes, you keep that other chat. Uh, so I mean, you know, same thing with Descent. Yeah. You know, he, he was always happy to be the big bad in, in Descent, um, just to try and kill us repeatedly over and over and over and over again. So every every group needs that person who doesn't actually like anyone else. <laughs> Anywho. All right, my number seven. And if you don't have a group that has that person, it's probably you. <laughs> yeah. My number seven. I've still got this game because... Some fucking game company, after I invested hundreds and hundreds of dollars in this game, decided they would bring out version 2.0 and version 1.0 was no longer playable, at least legally. It's Game of Thrones, the LCG, <laughs> which I... So you had to play it underground, did you? Why? The thing is, you play it against other people in competitions, you know, like Magic. Yeah. Um, but at least Magic is backwards compatible, whereas basically it was, oh, version 2.0, we're changing these things, and these ver- well, these, these cards no longer are usable, basically. Magic is a big enough game where there is entire legacy yeah. league yeah. type things, whereas Game of Thrones, well, any game, sorry, that isn't Magic yeah. doesn't really have that. Yeah, that's right. Maybe Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh does, but I don't know. And, I mean, look... I- the thing I loved about Game of Thrones LCG was you had three different ways that you attack people. You could attack people with power. You could attack people with prestige, which is sort of like reputation. Or you could attack people with attack people with intrigue, Ooh, where you attack people with power. Bastard. You know, like you 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 get power tokens, which are the way you win the game. When you attack people with intrigue, you they had to throw cards out of their hand. Or you can like attack for damage where you just kill things. Sounds good. Um, yeah, uh, quite complicated. Lots of stuff on the cards. But I used to play this with Oren and Georgie, friends of ours. And when you've again, when you've got a group of people that know what they're doing, like you can, it's just sort of game you can play over and over again. But of course, you've got to buy all the new expansions because being L, being a, a fantasy flight LCG. You had the new chapter packs and all that sort of stuff that just kept coming and coming and coming. 
And some stupid people will go and buy them. Oh, yeah. They're great if that's what you play. Yeah. If that's what you play, yeah. how cool is that that new stuff comes out all the time? But yeah. there's other things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and look, and I could have sold this for lots of money if they didn't bring out the version 2.0 and I held it onto it just a little bit too long. But hey, it looks nice. Yes, you are a stupid person. And it packs down into a few boxes because I've got a lot of expansions. <laughs> and it just sits there on the shelf and taunts me. But I can't sell it because no one would buy it. Well, again, you can just give it away. And no one would want it. Why don't you sift through it, get your 50 or 60 favourite cards? I've still got decks made up in deck boxes, guys. Well, no, and turn it into a poster. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, uh, Game of Thrones LCG, I hate your fantasy flight. All right, Mark. Go. Number between one and ten. Oh, I'd say two. Two? Okay. Oh, this is an interesting one. So I got this game for my birthday a year, whatever year it was. I've had 42 of them, 43 of them. <laughs> I've had enough. Um, and uh, I got this game from my brother-in-law, and it is really, really cool. Did he punch you when he gave it to you? No, but in the game, yes. Yeah. Because this is GKR heavy hitters. Oh, yeah. This massive minis game, which is really a 2v2 game. It can be a 1v1. It can be 2v2. Um, where you've got this giant mech and you're trying to basically kill the other mech, take over the towers, the buildings in this, this landscape, but you've also got supporting little drones and mechs. Mm. And it just looks fucking amazing. Yeah. Like the, the pre-painted miniatures which are maxages, maxages yeah. uh, are just spectacular and there's a whole bunch of expansions and it looks really cool it would be one of those things that could easily be translated into like a, a cartoon series yeah. or something like that or a video game awesome. yeah absolutely and the box is ah, massive yeah. it's big um, but the, the rules are light it's easy to set up it's easy to tear down it has great fantastic table presence and I just can't imagine getting rid of it because you can get a game done in an hour yeah you can teach the person if they've never played it before really quite quickly does it have a three-player variant i have a vague recollection of playing a three-player game yeah quite possibly yeah. i think it does actually it's got yeah sort of a modular map there mm. it's yeah it's been so long since i played it yeah i mean i think that's the only the one time i played it which is yep probably not long after you got it mm. yeah and so it does look fantastic oh it does and i've just Again, you know, it's tucked up in the corner, actually behind Giant Azul. So I never go there, but there's GKR and there's also um, my old childhood hero quest, um, which is not on the list. Yeah. Um, but it's up there uh, next to some chocolates that you gave us, Leon. Uh, a game Ooh. behind other games on a shelf that just sends <laughs> shivers down my spine. You need to see all the things. You've paid money for the things. You need to see all the things. <laughs> So there you go. And now it's time for Leon's number seven. Oh, was that what that sound effect was? Yeah, that was the Leon number seven sound effect. Okay. Uh, my Leon number seven game is uh, a game that I like. Wow. Mm. I own. Mm. Would it be about the seventh best one that you own that you haven't played in just over a year? Probably not. But from when, <laughs> I, when I looked the other day, it was the one that I went, oh, yes, I do enjoy that game. And it's a game that... It's probably the least well-known out of any game that I have on my list because I think it might have only ever come out on Kickstarter and nothing else, and that is Ancient Terrible Things. Aha! Uh -huh. Yeah, I, I seem to remember that this game 
you know, take away the first name, the first word and the last word from the title, and it describes the game. No, you are out of your mind. I remember it being pretty rubbish. No, this is a good game. With dice? Yes, there are dice in yeah. it. What? Yeah. There is dice, there is hand management, there is yeah. push your luck. Cthulhu you... stuff. Yes, it is a pulp kind of yeah. 50s-ish horror theme about people being on a riverboat going down a jungle with all crazy stuff going around them and you're trying to... Oh, it's like that rock movie. Sure, yes, it's like Jungle Cruise. <laughs> yes. Ancient Terrible Jungle Cruise, clearly. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, it is a game that that I, I it was one of the first games I backed on Kickstarter, and that's probably the oldest game on Kickstarter that I backed that I still own. I imagine because a lot of those games back in those days were garbage, <laughs> that came out on Kickstarter, <laughs> and some of them still are. Uh, but I believe there is either a new version or a new expansion for this coming soon, so maybe that'll g me up to want to get onto it soon because I just I really like the look of it, and it incorporates many things I like, you know, theme wise especially, and you know, lots of colourful different dice. You get to roll them and chuck them and whatnot, and it's a game that is good. There you go. Is it a flying frog, frog game, or is no. it one of those ones that's sort of the schlocky one? It has or? it has that look to it. Okay. You, if you didn't know any better, or you were someone who you know wasn't a board game reviewer, you'd know that it wasn't flying frog. But if you weren't, you might think it was done by flying frog because it has a similar look. Okay. But not with the sort of photorealistic art. Okay. With the cartoony art. Sure. Yes, which is good. Yeah, it was okay. All right. Didn't he start by saying it was terrible? Yeah, he's wrong at most things. Well, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> my number six. Yes, last game before we take a break. Ten, nine, eight, seven. My number six is right. You know I'm a fan of the story game, the narrative game. This is one of the granddaddies of the narrative game. Um... I'm pretty sure you've played it, Leon. Garth, I don't know if you have, but you should. I was probably busy that night. Arabian Nights. I think, didn't us three play it? it you didn't we not record an episode of this? Us playing it. And it took, at your old house? I believe so. And it took forever. Yeah. And I guarantee that was the last time you ever played it. Yeah. Probably. I reckon because we recorded the mecha- a live session. Because yeah, the mechanics, yeah. I think, I don't even know if we finished it. I think the mechanics. No, we did. Because mecha- I remember who won. Because Of course, you fucking do. <laughs> Because the mechanics of this were just like, oh, this isn't working at all. This story is really interesting, but this just doesn't work. Well, it has that thing of you have like story points and destiny points. Yeah. And you, you basically set a goal of what you're going to achieve secretly at the start. You know, somewhere between, I think, Norden 20 divided up between the two. Mm. And you get these little tokens. But yeah, the issue is you've actually got no way of knowing when you pick a particular, or, you know, you choose an action, which then leads you to different paragraphs because it was one of the first sort of paragraph books in a game. Um, you have no idea whether r- really you're going to get story points or destiny points. There's no way to know. It seems almost random, but, man, you can have some crazy adventures yeah. and you yeah. can get turned into a monkey and you can get chained sex and you can get stuck in prison and you've got to escape and you travel all around these crazy places, get these crazy things that do crazy stuff. A lot of fun. I think I died and then got married in that order. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. But it's one of those things that kind of like a game, like a role-playing game where there is, in the sense that it's a activity almost, like the game around it 
I don't think really works. But the story of going through it is really yeah. interesting and fun. So like for a few hours, you're sitting down goofing around with all, oh, my character's done this, the story's done that. But when you're actually trying to like win it or play it, yeah. don't really work. Well, yeah, because you, you can, win, did you? you can build up, you can build up skills. The skills then give you, you know, you're able to choose different, better paragraphs. But again, you never really know the type of points you get. I mean, you start to get an idea, maybe, but yeah, no. But again, it's probably not worth anything in the secondhand market. And it's massive, so it's too big to ship. And look, you know, it's again one of these games that I wouldn't mind pulling out and playing sometime if I didn't have 50 other amazing story games with good mechanics. Yeah. So I'm probably never going to get rid of it, but then you go, it, it, it does hold a, a special place in my heart. So if any of our listeners have their eyes on any of these games that we're talking about mm-hmm. and they send in a little email to dicemencometh at gmail.com saying, I'll give you $200 for Arabian Nights. Oh, look, I'd be open to offers, but it's all of these so far for me are ones that I, I do either want to play again or I don't think I'm going to get anywhere near the value. I think you get a hundred bucks for Arabian Nights. It might take really. A, yeah, I reckon there's someone. I reckon there's probably a several people out there that are really would like, including shipping though, because it's bloody heavy. Nah, it's only twenty bucks. Send a look, so yeah. Anyway, well, maybe I don't know. I I would like to pull it out again one day. Just because almost every game you've said, oh, I'm keeping because I'm not going to sell it for. <laughs> Like yeah. it's, it's a very financial decision. Mm-hmm. Your games are meant to be a motion mark. You like theme, you know. Well, Arabian Nights is full of theme. Yeah, Felix the Cat in the Sack. That sack is hilarious. <laughs> Garth, what's yes. your number six? Uh, my number six is I think the first game I ever bought based on Shut Up and Sit Down. Mm-hmm. It is a game that I played with my children countless times. Countless, countless, countless times, and every single time had a blast. It was Cube Quest. Ooh. So this little game where you've got a two or three piece um, sort of mouse pad mat style map. The reason it's two or three pieces is the game comes with two. They're always folded. So I actually emailed. Is it Playwright? What's um... Game Right? Game Right. Email them. They sent me back a replacement one. It was three piece. Anywho, um, where it is a two player game where you are both using dice to create basically a st- armies, competing armies, and the dice do different things. And the, the the board, as it were, is divided up into different sections. There's sections where you can flick them. There's dice that if you flick them and they don't land in the section, you're never going to be able to flick them again. And obviously, if you flick dice off the play area, they're gone. And it's just for kids and for kids at heart. Just it can never not be fun. Like you've got that push your luck mechanic. You've got the dexterity mechanic. You've got this one-on-one immediate competition going on. I've probably injured myself trying to find (laughs) dice that have gone under a lounge or behind the TV stand or something like that. And it's just good, clean fun. And I, I just love the fact that I played this with my children when my son was probably, I don't know, five or six or seven years old and my daughter was there at virtually a couple of years old again and you know thankfully not swallowing the dice because you know she was only really really little at the time but it just for those memories it will never leave the collection 
Um, my my son uses one of the bits of the map now as his mouse pad, ah. and that's really cool. Yeah. It's like a great <laughs> use for for that stuff. So yeah, it, it's it always brings me joy, and, and I I reckon it's been probably four or five years yeah. since it's been played, but. You have played it with me within that time. Oh, really? Because I've only played it once, and I played it with you. Okay. I, it was sometime in the last four or five years. Well, in that case, it's some some point. Leon was the last kid I played it with. <laughs> yay! Yay me! Hooray! And there you go. Special. All right, now Leon. Hello. Time for your number six. You don't get sound effects. I get sound effects. Well, just wait till we have Leon number five. <laughs> Leon number five. <laughs> Anywho, um, anywho, uh, my number six is a game that is by a mile the one I've played the most. I might have even played it more than every other game on this list put together. Mm. It's a game when I was looking at it today. It is nearly 10 years old, which is scary because I remember when it came out. And my God, was this the hotness of hotness when it came out for the first few months. And that is a game called Eldritch horror oh so i mean there's many things you can say about this fantasy flight game so they brought out arkham horror second edition which people really liked they brought out mansions of madness which people did like but then eldritch horror came out and that kind of people went oh this is so much better than those this pretty much replaces them so this was their cthulhu game for quite a while until they did new versions of those games in that the arkham horror has got a good card game even though the third version is supposed to be bollocks and mansions of madden second which is awesome so eldritch horror a game i have every expansion for except the spider-man one no (laughs) (laughs) use the movie art yeah (laughs) except for the final one because the final one which was like the mask of nelathep yep that one um it was the final expansion they made for this game and it was supposed to be make it a campaign game oh Oh, cool which i solo mode probably in real time probably anyway I ended up getting this. It was as expensive as all the other big box expansions for this. There's like seven or eight expansions for this game, all which I own. All have the different big boxes still in my collection. They take up one cube of my Kallax. The final expansion was supposed to basically just be this campaign. So I thought it's going to have a few characters, a monster, not much in there. Yeah. So it cost like 80, 90 bucks, which the big box ones always do. And in that was just a couple of cards oh. and this rather small book. And I was like... Doesn't look like there's heaps of story in this campaign book. Maybe there's maybe there's more on cards, or maybe there's an app involved. Nope. <laughs> in this book was basically... Now, I, it's been a while, so I'm probably embellishing this. But there was, from what I recall, like a page? It might have been a fucking paragraph. Hang on, a book with a page in it. No, shut up. Where the campaign was as simple as, play this scenario, and then if you win it, then use this boss and play it again. And then if you win that one, pick this other boss and then play it again. And I think there might have been a card perhaps between each yeah. one of them. And then <laughs> that was the campaign that you've just spent 90 odd dollars on. Oh and it my was. Goodness. Obviously, I didn't do it. <laughs> I didn't play it. It was just unbelievably demoralizing. And that, on top of, it's one of those things that it's almost like the Flame Rouge big box thing that, like, they've never had any inkling or announcement or anything of doing a second edition of this game. But it's felt like for years now yes. that it's around the corner. Yeah. That it's going to be behind us at any second. It's going to be the exact. Because the rules in Eldritch Horror are still fine. Can they streamline a few things? Sure. Could they make an app that has more story stuff and more whatever else? Absolutely. I don't think it would be hard at all to make a new version of this game and be the big deal. Because, like I said, Arkham Horror 
third edition kind of fell on its ass. Sadly, they brought out a new version of Descent, which also kind of fell on its ass. So it's umming and ahhing is that maybe that's what kind of put them off doing mm-hmm. it. So I haven't played it in a while. I have every expansion for it, all the big boxes separately. I've played this game with, you know, three or four people and had a great time. We've played it several times with the big old seven or eight people. Oh, yes, I remember that game. Oh, yes. that was the Twix event or the Twirl event. Early Twirl. Early Twirl. We knocked up an entire box of Curly Whirlies between eight people. Yeah, <laughs> Early Whirlies for wrist. And that was at my old house, which I haven't been at it like six or seven years. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't the last time I played it, but it was probably second or third to last time mm-hmm. I played it. So it's been a while and I would love to get it again. But again, so many expansions, so it's a little bit daunting. Even though I was smart enough to keep all the big boxes to themselves, that base box has all the little expansions yeah. in it. So she's bulging. So the idea of having a possibly a new one around the corner is put me off a little bit, but I would like to play it again. I ended up buying the base game from Georgian Oren that I mentioned before that I used to play the yep. Game of Thrones LCG with. I bought the base game off them yep. because I really like the Cthulhu theme yep. and it's simple enough that I can play it with Sarah and I have played it with her and a couple of friends. I'm pretty sure in my card in Amazon right now, I have two of the small expansions. All of the expansions are good with the exception of the last one, of course. Yeah. <laughs> in some way or another. Like the last small expansion changed the game completely. There was like this giant earthworm that could literally like destroy cities and sections mm. of the board and all. but it, but all the small expansions and the big expansions which the only difference is they add an extra section of the board yeah this game is still great i would still recommend this to anybody i just haven't played it in a while and i haven't heard it talked about in a long time so it seems weird that fantasy flight hasn't gone right let's make some money i um was almost going to put that on my list and then i saw you had it and i didn't because i spotted on the shelf and i was like yeah. i haven't played that for about three years and i really want to play it i think though the setup so, is a bit daunting as well. But I think they wouldn't do a 2.0. I think this is the sort of game where so many people would have it and expansions. And because it's not collectible, I think they would have to do a bit like Descent where they do the conversion compatibility pack, pack conversion pack, so okay. that at least you could still play it. Yeah, um, possibly. I, I I don't think they'd go, start again. Well, I mean, Arkham Horror 2nd Edition, they essentially did that. Yeah. But that but, and that had a shitload of expansions. But I but I think they probably would have done that with the third edition if people didn't go, This is rubbish. Why did you make us sell our second edition? Yeah. I want to buy it back now. That's so right. So is this your campaign hatred origin story? Mm, no. I think discovering D D is my campaign hatred <laughs> and and less time in my adult life. But Between there's surely the, a solo but, one in real time that you could bang out oh. as quickly as you a solo game in real time that I can bang out. <laughs> so That's a bit of a different story. Yeah, and yeah. I, think, get, I think we, we all know get, what that game is. And I don't think we... Even on a Patreon, we probably shouldn't talk about you it. You can maybe get Trent. No, 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 no. Yeah, he likes whacking well, wax off. Actually, Big hairy funnily hair. enough, talking of Trent, Garth and I are currently playing in a Call of Cthulhu role-playing game yep. of the Masks of Nihilathotep. Yep. That we've been playing now for uh, a long more than 12 months. Oh, yeah. Well, considering that our last one, which was the horror on the Orient Express, went for almost two years yeah. to the day. Yeah. It's a long-ass train trip. Yeah. Well, it is. <laughs> going all the way from... Well, we started in London. Yes, we and did. And we ended up in Istanbul. Yeah, not Constantinople. Oh. Can we take a break now? I'm yeah, really I, I think it's time for a break. I am thirsty as well. So when we come back, surprise, surprise... Five, four, three, two, one. 
The Dice Man cometh! Oh, Gollum! Everyone pointed at me for. <laughs> so yes, we are back from that few second break. It's been a few minutes for us, and all we've done is basically chit chat, general nonsense that you probably didn't want to hear. Probably like a lot of the stuff that we talk about, really. But uh, and we just got some more drinks. So now we're going to talk about games yet again, and we're going to start with number five. And Mark, okay, number five for me. Um, I was actually thinking about this one when you were talking about. Cube Quest, Garth, because they are a little bit similar. They both have dice. They do. There you go. And do you do they spell cube with a Q? No. Okay. They because should they have. Are, well, it's like a Euro version. They so should have. Yeah. Quarriers uh-huh. and specifically Quarriers Light and Dark. Do you still have that game? Yeah. Yeah. So I've got the the base game, then I've got the Light and Dark, the big expansion with the big big dice. No one has that game. Yeah, it'd be worth a fortune then. No. Again, it's another one of those games that no person would buy because it's so old and just a thing of history. It's Dice Masters came along and replaced it, basically. Yeah, yeah, but look, I mean, you know I love deck builders. And then came the dice builder, the bag builder, before, you know, llamas came along and span in the bag. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And again, it is one of those... It's not alpacas. Actually, I think mm. I... Yeah, anyway. Um, I think I may have played it with Sarah maybe once, like three, four years ago, when we first started playing games together. And I kept thinking it is one of the ones I'd like to come back to. And I've played it with my son, and he really liked it because it's dice and it's fighting, you know, similar to Cube Quest without the flicking. It is... It's fun. It's a fun game, and it's relatively quick. It just has that deck building, bag building thing. It's it's just again too many games, not enough time. Because if someone said, "Do you want to play Quarriers?" I'd probably go, "Yeah, shit, yeah. yeah, I'll play it right now." It's fun. It's you know, and it be over in an hour. Excellent. So uh, yeah, that's Quarriers Light and Dark is my number five. I'm sorry, the whole time I've been thinking, what is that? cube game I've almost bought a dozen times that has like a yodeling cube on the front cover that looks like a block of cheese that's yodeling kind of like cube. yeah that's kind of like a quarrier style game but it's a racing game not dice throne no it's not dice throne a oh. yodeling block of cheese <laughs> yes yes everyone that's listening to this knows what I'm talking about except for you two ask clowns uh, Garth you continue with your number five I'm gonna, no, I want to hear about that game Yodeling block of cheese. Think All right, well, I'm going to choose my own number five. It's going to shit me. Uh, okay. All right, well, let's talk about food. So my... Weren't we, weren't we just talking about a yodeling block of cheese? That's, that's right. Well, that's my... I've got food on my mind. Uh-huh. But it's also uh, food trucks on my mind. Oh, yeah, good game. So food truck champion, mm. which is a little game... Cubitos. Tell me. That it is a fucking yodeling. It is a block of cheese. <laughs> it's not just a dice that looks like a cheese. It is a block of cheese. Hang on. I'm going to melt it in my deep fryer in the food truck. Yeah. Keep it toss. There we go. Yes. 
We're in Lederhosen. Uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's kind of like um, Quarriers because you've got like eight or so different kinds of dice you can get, but it's a racing game. Right. So you're trying to get the furthest along the track and by buying dice or moving ahead on the track and so Or yodeling? Possibly. Or is that only when you've got the cheese dice in your hand? I don't know, but either way, somebody send us... Garth was off. telling a story so, anyway. So I don't have to pay for it. I was originally... I told him that a yodeling block of cheese. Everyone was riveted. Sorry, Garth, continue. Food Truck Champion is a game that looks really easy. And you comes in a tiny little cute box and goes, oh, you're, you're running a food truck and all you got to do is deliver food and everyone will be happy and then you'll get some points and you'll win. And it's really not. It's really quite heavy and it's really quite complicated and it takes full advantage of the multi-purpose cards a la Glory to Rome. I was going to say, it's Glory to Roman food trucks. Correct. And that's a really good combination. I don't think Leon had any fun with it, but... <laughs> it's only because I wasn't expecting it. And that's the problem with the game, yeah. is that you need to go into this particular game knowing that you're not here for a 30-minute light, you know, yeah. whack some ingredients on the pizza base and make a pizza and then you're a pizza truck. No, that's not how this works. It is a, it is a very different beast. So it is a game that, because of the way my game shelves are stacked and organised, <laughs> you know... Um, Much to Leon's horror. Exactly stacked right. and organised are both very fucking generous. Yep. So it's it's in my food truck section of my my board game um, collection. Can you take a photo of that and send it to our Patreons just so they can yell at you as much as I want to inside my own head? Ah, where's the fun? We're an audio media. Hey, you wouldn't even do it. Yeah, here's the food truck version. Uh, it's uh, it's the second or the third shelf down in my... I have not seen it in years. Well, I should get it. Uh, uh, yeah, so it's in there with my other food truck related games ah. yeah so it is a game i would love to go and revisit but i'm pretty sure i haven't played it since leon cracked the shits i mean I still that, that happens quite often so it's it's not really a particular... was that probably about a week after you got it <laughs> i think it was actually so i think i've still only played it once or twice yeah but it was i think really good yeah like i really liked it and it's still any game that gives you anything approaching that glory to rome or that um that similar itch mm. is an enjoyable experience if you know what you're getting yourself into yeah so let's play it hey leon i'm sorry i'm just looking at, just looking at cuba tossing in that was that was the leon's number yeah five noise but i've repurposed it have a look at that and that looked cool uh, all the different actually, dice yeah. and the racing stuff. My problem with this is that um, I saw the game for like 60 bucks once and I was like, I've been meaning to get that. And then for just some reason didn't buy it and now it's gone back up to around 90 and I can't force myself to do that because I know I could have had it for $60. Anyway, stop boring the tits off the listeners and do your job. <laughs> My number five is a game that the reason I still have it is because I think I only played it possibly the once and I, oh, you're right over there. Gus just gone I through. I found food truck. Food, his yep. food truck drawer. What else is in there? Walkstar. Uh, uh, yes, and a bag of Monopoly money. <laughs> God. Anywho. So this is a game that I'm pretty sure I only played once, and I enjoyed it. I didn't love it, but I liked it, and I wanted to play it again to kind of, you know, judge if it was a game was a keeper or not. And that was about four or so years ago. <laughs> Haven't got back. It's a game called Dragon Scale. Now, I cannot remember if I played this with you lads or not. It doesn't ring any bells. No, not at it's all. It's got awesome artwork. And the game is essentially you play as a fantasy villain. 
There is a female vampire. There is a big spider lady. There's a beholder. There's a big orc. So on and so forth. And Are there ever little orcs? No, generally not. <laughs> They're goblins, aren't they? It could be a troll then, maybe. Uh, an undead knight. You know those kind Hang of things. There's something vaguely familiar about that. Is it, what, it could be that it's anything fantasy. Yeah, D&D tropes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the point of this game is that it's, it's a pusher-like game as well as a hand management game, but the story is that you're going into a dungeon and what you're trying to do is either find a whole bunch of treasure or you're trying to be the one to kill the dragon in this dungeon to get a whole bunch of like infamy. Or you're trying to leave all your other friends for dead and get the hell out of there and hopefully the dragon destroys them because it is very much, on top of being a push your luck and a hand management, it is very take that. That's the whole point of this game is that you go into it going, look, this game is about, we're villains for a reason. You're about screwing over your friends. And the visuals, the art of this, just the box alone is got Leon written all over it. It's very much got a metal... Um, fantasy kind of look to it and I remember playing it going this is cool I'd like to play it I don't even know if we talked about it on the show because I probably thought oh I want to play it with the boys and then get my proper opinion on it and I've just never got around to <laughs> it. but it has survived several culls mm. of my entire collection so it must be doing something alright and it's a game I'd like to play again so there you go alright I think that sounds really good. Sounds like yeah. fun. And like all of these games so far, pretty much, I'd happily play them. Yeah. Like, the good thing is, guys, oh, what, what I've got pl- a solution. Why don't we play them this Saturday night, Mark? Mark? I'm, I'm busy restacking the shelves. Fucking Jesus. I've got a solution. Yeah. How about I win $160 million tonight in the lottery? Yep. And then I pay for you guys to have, like, is two it weeks drawn off. yet? Two weeks off. Because the only problem with that plan, Garth, is. I'm going to win, well, not 160 because I have to split it between my 12 workmates and I. So, so maybe like see, 15 million. Okay. But if, Garth, if you want 160 million, would you, would, would you give us money? Yeah, I'd, 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 I would pay 100... for you guys to have a couple of weeks off. <laughs> wow. A couple of years, I think, we would need for these 160 mil. And yeah. you pay for us to have a couple of weeks off. <laughs> well, look, the, the issue is, this is recorded for posterity. Yeah. So if I go out and say something crazy, like I would give you money, then... Give us like 20 mil each. <laughs> no, that's insane. Just pay off me house. Okay. That's all I'd ask. All right. Well, let's... Because I've thought about this, because I've mentioned it before. I do very long night shifts. So when I, someone says to you, no, what would you do with $10 million? Normally the answer is, oh, I'd go on lots of trips and buy cars. When you've got a lot of time on your hands, you actually do the math and properly think it out. Mm. So I've thought of like, well, I'd give this many friends this much money and this... Anyway. Okay. I'm a loser. How much do I get? I'd pay off, I'd pay off your house. I'd pay... Like, there's a, probably a good 20 or 30 of my nearest and dearest. And me? You'd be in there. Oh, yeah. I'm afraid. <laughs> Sadly, I'd, I'd... I bet you're like the Mitch of his yeah, friends, yeah. though. You're not the top tier. But it obviously depends yeah. on how much you get, of course. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, I don't, I but don't but if we're talking 100 mil, then absolutely. Because mm. paying off the houses of those people is maybe 10, 15. You wouldn't... You know, $20 million as someone that's mid-30s, I could set myself up and my family up for the rest of our lives. George Clooney gave, like... Anything over that, fucking go nuts. Ten of his closest friends a million dollars, didn't he? That's why I always find it crazy that these people that get, like, you know, $20 million every movie. It's just like, 
what are you doing? Yeah. If you're not the most charitable person in the world, you're a scumbag. Yeah. And that's why, obviously, everyone hates your Musks and your Bezos and stuff. You could literally save a country and you wake up and decide not to do it. You're a psychopath. All right. So that is the latest edition <laughs> of the Dice Men political versus millionaires it's not political it's just uh, for a second my house was paid off and it was lovely Mm. that'd be so good that's right all right well look i'll pay off your houses if you pay off my house if you win okay deal sure how do you buy a ticket (laughs) (laughs) anywho i just did my number five okay mark's number four my number four how numbers work right so i had this thing a while ago, where Sarah and I, we discovered Uh-oh. the Sherlock Holmes consulting detective. Well, I knew what it was, but Sarah hadn't played it. So I bought a copy, played it with her. She loved it so much. We bought all the expansions. Then we went... Did you buy my just, copy? Yes. Yeah, cool. Um, and <laughs> then we went, oh, this you know, this game is so great, even though we'd only played like three cases of the very first one. Buy all the things. So you've got 40 <laughs> more to go. Yeah. So what I've got is a little game called Mythos Tales, Macabre Detection in Lovecraft's Arkham, which is basically Consulting Detective Arkham Horror Edition. So instead of Victorian London, you're in 1920s, 1930s Arkham, and there are obviously culty stuff happening in these mysteries instead of robbery and thievery and stuff like that. And we've never played it. Wow. Never played it. Never played it. I thought you were meant it. to have been able you meant to have played these games. Well, I'm I'm counting it because we've played Consulting Detective. It's basically exactly the same game. Like Leon's cheat, you see? Well oh, wow, you're using Leon as your benchmark. Yeah, that's okay. Right. I dispute that because yeah. Consulting Detective but Cthulhu edition. Surely Leon would love this. Surely yes. this is a game we should have played a dozen times because Leon never stops talking about it. I have not purchased it myself, even though it's right up my alley, because I've been told that it is shit. (laughs) (laughs) And you think, hang on, just make it exactly like Consulting Detective, but with horror, supernatural stuff. But word I've been told is that they have changed... I don't know if it was Shut Up and Sit Down or somebody else, or it might have been a combination, where they said that they changed certain things about it. Even though that formula is so simple and so good that it just made it not... Great. Okay. So, but that being said, I'd still love to try it. I just don't want to own it and learn it. <laughs> I can lend it to you if you like. No, that's not what I just said, Mark. <laughs> when you said Mythos Tales, I just wanted to go, woo! Because it was like Duck Tales. <laughs> okay. Yes. Anyway, that was Everywhere my number there, uh, I've been... <laughs> my number four. Garth, what is your number four? Oh, I've got such good memories of Saturday morning cartoons. <laughs> mm. Anyway. Bit of Chippendale. Yep. Oh, back in my day. Early morning X-Men. Oh, oh, no, no. oh, yeah. The original Spider-Man. Yeah. Oh, God. Anywho. Uh, all right. What are we talking about? Games. Okay. Games. Games. Yes. Games. And money and all sorts of things. Mm. So, yeah. My number four. Yeah. Okay. I'll go, I'll go, with, I'll go with this one because cause it's a game. Um, <laughs> is a game that I played with Ma. Mm-hmm. And let's say no one else. <laughs> uh, painted it at S and Unplugged, actually. Ooh. Yeah. And it is... City building sim? It is a city building and arguably one of the best city building simulation games 
that I have guess, played. Mate. And it is going about suburbia again. No, I'm not. <laughs> Thank you very much. Because <laughs> I don't own it. No, own it. <laughs> you fucking nutcase. <laughs> but I am talking about City Skylines, mm. which is by Cosmos Games, which is the same publisher that has released Anno 1800. Mm, okay. And much in the same vein, it's that computer game turned into a board game that's right and this game is one of those perfect sunday afternoons you just don't give a shit about the result it's a co-op you're working together it's all really relaxing and calm and and it's basically playing you know a a sim city mm-hmm. it's it's that simple um and it was really 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 fun yeah and i then bought it because at the end of s and unplugs um, Charles basically has an auction for all of the games because they've brought a lot of the games over from Essen. An and, amazing auction. Yeah. Almost, and it's almost it, given stuff away. Well, it, it's one of those ones that, you know, it'll say, who'll pay $50? Crickets. $45. $40. $30. So it's that reverse the auction. auction. Yeah. Uh, and I end up getting it for like $20, $25, something mm. like that. It's like, yep, I'll pay that. It's all in German, but it's not really that language dependent. So, you know, quick PDF of the rules and away you go. And I have then played it never <laughs> since bringing it back from Canberra at least oh, that was three years ago, four years ago. 20, 2018 or 2019? Yeah. One hope, of those. You'd hope 2019. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, 2019 was when you two went to PAX. I think, Leon, you finally pulled your finger out and went. It was when I went to Sri Lanka, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, I reckon that means probably I didn't go to LFG um, anyway. that year but yeah so 2018 2019 that's how long it's not sparkling radio yeah. to sit here and talk about that no. um, but the point is I loved every minute of that game and I look forward to recreating it and it you know again I paid 20 bucks for it yeah so it has a spot on my shelf in my city building section there Leon mm-hmm. there's an empty space there for suburbia <laughs> um, but it was just really, really enjoyable and pleasant and quite. And I put it up there with a lot of the, the Lolcat games, you know, Ryan Lockett's games, where, again, you're playing for the story, you're playing for the experience. Takedo in that category as well. Uh, just those games. I genuinely don't really care whether I win or lose. I just enjoy the experience. And that's why it's there and that's why it's on the list. Mm. Yeah. Just a quick addendum. Speaking of Takedo, I got an Aetherworks email the other day that finally... The sequel to Takedo, Namiji, is on its way. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. So Excellent. that's a thing that we will play sometime. Yeah. <laughs> is that the path back home? No, it's boats. Oh, the boat path. Doing boaty things. Okay. Yeah. Hello, Leon. Hello. Speaking of Leon. Yes, this is a game. Leon's number four. It is. It's a game that I mentioned earlier because I was talking about Googling things and this is one of the ones that I did. And it, this Let me game, guess, Cubitos. No. <laughs> No, funnily enough. I don't own that because you haven't bought it for me yet. Because you're not a very nice person. Because you haven't won 160. Exactly. I'll buy you that game, okay? Instead of paying you off your house, I'll buy you Cupid Top. Um, no, thank you. Anywho. Don't you want a cheese-wearing lederhosen yodeling? I do. I'd rather have... Like, he could buy you a life-size one. Made of cheese. With real lederhosen. If I got that instead of paying off my house... I was about to say my wife would be pissed off, but she fucking loves a bit of cheese. <laughs> and she's a solid seven and a half months pregnant at the moment, so she'd probably be fine. She'd be like, oh, mortgage, whatever. Keep paying that. All this cheese. 
Anywho. <laughs> game number four. Yes, game number four. Another game that uh, probably have a bit of expansion fatigue because I've bought it. I don't think I've actually played my version of it, but I've played versions of it and like once or twice. And then since I've bought every expansion for it and haven't had a chance to play it yet, that's a lie. I just haven't played it yet. And that is Imperial Settlers, mm. Empires of the North. Yes. yes. Which I have all the different um, uh, different expansions you can get. You get the, the Japanese Empire, the Romans, the Egyptians, the Barbarians, and I think there's a new one maybe soonish, except for this year when they did this solo campaign schnonson. <laughs> um, that was a game I really enjoyed. And it's kind of hard to explain because I can barely remember it because it was a while ago now. It was. But um, having those all those different extra characters and races, you can not play with them and play the base game quite easily uh, because all you do is pick a deck of cards to play that new faction with and they might have a new rule here or there. So once I had one more play of the base game, it'd pretty be easy to chuck those back in. I just haven't yet. So it's a game that I have considered culling a couple of times, I must admit. But I definitely do want to try it again because I really did enjoy it. Hence why I bought it and mm. got all these other expansions. So Yeah, I agree. It, because Imperial Settlers is an awesome game. Yes. I love it. And I've got it over there with a, a truckload of expansions. I mm. think I've also got Empires of the North. I'm pretty unless sure I do. have sold it already, which I don't know about. Oh, for God's sake. Because <laughs> it's behind some games <laughs> in my civilization section. It, it hurts my mental illness so bad. <laughs> You've scarred me. How long do you reckon you'd need, Leon, to get it into a state that you would be happy with? It wouldn't take me long. I don't fuck about. (laughs) (laughs) There's a reason they call me Batman at work. Not just because I read a lot of Batman. It's because I solve shit. (laughs) (laughs) I solve problems. An hour or two, but I would be ruthless. You would come back in and half of them would be over on this table. No, you can't get rid of any of them. No, no, no. You would absolutely would. There's so many there that you would not need. And you could sell them and buy such awesome things like cheese leader hosing people <laughs> and so on and so forth. Anyway, that was my number four, Mark. Your number Thank three. Thank you, Batman. Leon Batman Cannon for your number four. That was the Leon number four outro music. I All thought right. that was the Batman porno music or something. <laughs> My, okay. Do you want justice with sausage? <laughs> I'm new. I come you. to solve the problem with your pool. <laughs> like pizza. This game that I'm going to talk about now was made before either of you two gentlemen yes. existed. Wow. It's the game of Ur. <laughs> It's go. No, no more, more recent than that, but still before you both were born. The version that I have. There is a new version actually just released. Uh, 27 years ago. No, no, no. In the last, like, three, maybe three or four years. Oh, cool. But this is 221B Baker Street. So this, uh, should I say, 221B Baker Street, the Master Detective game. Released... In 1977. And another reason why I'm keeping this game is I'm pretty sure that I got this copy from a tip shop. Complete. Yep. But think of, um, let's say, uh, what was that other game I was just talking about? Not the Mythos one. The Consulting Consulting Detective. Detective. So think of Consulting Detective. But add add a roll and move mechanic. 
Excellent. And then, no. <laughs> and then instead of having like clever little stories, imagine the puzzles you're trying to solve are sort of like cryptic crossword clues. That sounds fuck awful. Yeah, that's two two one B Baker Street. So you roll and move around Baker Street and around London to go to each location to to um, uncover bits of the puzzle, which might just be letters that then work towards you solving a bigger puzzle. But a lot of them, I have this memory that a lot of it is like bad cryptic crossword clues. But again, I got it from a tip shop. I probably paid like two bucks or something. It was complete. And then I went, when did this game come out? It looks old. And then I saw, oh, it's the version that was released in Australia in 1977. There's no way I can let it go out of my collection (laughs) just for that reason. I've got a very similar thing. I'm looking at it right now. I think it's a 1985 complete version of Diplomacy. Yeah. Which has, I think, A4 paper sort of maps in there. (laughs) And it cost me a dollar or two. And I'm very tempted to play it because diplomacy isn't necessarily a game where you need to have the newest version of it. It's yeah. all about how can I fuck over you, Leon, and you, Mark. You just need new friends afterwards <laughs> and a new wall for your gaming place. That's right. Uh, 20, 2014, the new the new version came out. Okay. All um, right. But why would you bother when Consulting Detective, particularly the Mythos Tales version, is <laughs> a much better game? But further down on your list, you're a confusing man. Well, I told you they're in no particular order, Leon. No shit. (laughs) Uh, Now, Garth. Yeah, just on another topic, Australian tip shops are garbage. (laughs) Yeah. Our local tip shop, well, there are two that are sort of equidistant. The the one that's nearest to your neck of the woods Mm -hmm. in in Glenorchy has the better selection of of Jigsaw puzzles and versions of Monopoly. It has better, uh, like I saw... Ten Tenhauser, Tenhauser, Tenhausen. Yep, yeah. I saw that there. Yep. But the personal people, they know games, so it's not like five dollars yeah, or two dollars. Yeah. It's seventy dollars. Yeah, I know exactly the person. He's a he's a friend of mine. Uh, okay, and, and that's that why must. they they have heaps and heaps of nerdy and geeky stuff. But he knows what it's all about. Yeah, okay, because yeah. he once put up he, and the reason I know this is because he once put up a. It was a Batman game from like the 70s or 80s or something. It was really old. But before the film, put it that way. So yeah. It wasn't Dark Batman. It wasn't necessarily Adam West Batman, but somewhere in the middle. And I was like, oh, I'd totally want to grab that. And then I think I asked him how much it was. And he was just like, well, I just Googled it. And as soon as he said that, I was like, well, fuck. Yeah. And he was like, oh, it's like, I think I would, for you, like 80 bucks. And I was like, yeah, maybe I think about yeah. it. Shit. That's not why you go to a tip shop. I know. You go to but... a tip shop to pick up something that is someone else's trash but it's supposed to be for like charity or some shit isn't it well, I don't know. well no most of them run as a business even though they might have a charitable side to their business these days okay. I think a lot of them they have to win a contract to get get the role it's not like it used to be well that reminds me i need to buy my mum a new office chair and tip shop's not a bad yeah i think about it so garth yes oh yeah again number three okay um, yeah, diplomacy is the only thing I've ever found at tip shops. <laughs> uh, let's say, uh, yeah, let's let's say that one. So my number my number three game is City of Horrors. Like it's Halloween around the corner. Yep. This is a game which I I should play every year. Like I really should play it around Halloween. What a great excuse to play this game, but I don't. The last couple of times I've played it, which have not been for several years, have been with 
uh, my my family and my extended family, and we've sat around the table and we've all just yelled at each I was other. Say City of Horror with family shit. It's great. Because in my family is myself and my lovely partner, Joe, but then there's Trent and his lovely wife, Kat, and then the, sis- the other sister, Angie, and her partner, Tony, and we just... We all hate each we other, ju- Well, sort of secretly. Um, <laughs> but we just all yell at each other, and that's a perfect excuse to do that. Yeah. It's wonderful, and, and City of Horror is just a perfect game that shows you the zombies aren't really the problem it's all you motherfuckers yeah you have no choice to be, be dicks to each other that's the way you're gonna yeah. win i'm just having memories of i think it was the christmas that i broke my tooth <laughs> at your mother-in-law's place where we ended up playing a game like a friendly partner's game and i just remember one of the partners saying to one of the other pa- their other their partner what the fuck did you do that <laughs> at about that loud like <laughs> hilarious oh sorry so the good thing is we leave the game at the end of the game and everyone's friends afterwards but it's just so much fun and i i i legitimately think it'll never ever ever leave the collection because i'm just still not convinced there's a better implementation of the zombie are they the baddies are people the baddies kind of game you know it's it's that walking dead whole thing where and it's really rules light yes like really really simple i haven't played them in years but i reckon give me that's one of those games that i wouldn't be scared to whip that out if you've given me 10 minutes to just flick through the rule book because it's not that hard 3d helipad i mean who doesn't like a 3d helipad well you know there is a better version no there isn't it's no. the mall of horror version no. if you haven't sold that by yet by yet by now no i couldn't i I think, it's in our, I think it's in our selling it. I, think I was going to say it's in our giveaway. Oh, it, it is! It's a wonderful, someone wonderful who game. wins. Yeah, when we draw our winners at the end of this episode, someone who wins a game from that pile, they would be crazy not to take the Mall of Horror edition, formerly owned by me, which is an amazing game. I'm sure they probably have done a Walking Dead version of that. We just haven't paid attention, or at least they should have re-released it more recently because you wouldn't. There's about three Walking Dead games, isn't there? Oh, there's more than that, and yeah. But I don't know if any of them are good, though. But either way, City of Horror, it wouldn't be that expensive, I don't think, a game, and they should just make a new version with new art, it'd probably sell quite well. Yeah. Because it's we'll a it good game. Grick Rhymes and Bashone. <laughs> sure. Yep. Uh, right, my number Holy. Three is a game that every time we ever mention, we all three of us go, we really should play that again, because I think we only played it once before we talked about it on the radio show, and then I politely ask, can I have that please, and put it in my collection, because it fits quite nicely, and it's a game called Crusaders Thy Will Be Done. Oh, we should play that again. Yeah. Yeah. I, um... I think it's just come out on app as well. I think I keep... Online, but... There's an expansion that came out this year that I should probably buy. I'm my little forces to play it. Google Nest thing in the kitchen that, you know, when we're not doing anything or using it, it just scrolls through photos. Yeah. I have got some photos, like the old photos of us with me doing the, you know, the, the, the thinker, thinker type pose that's off the cover and Garth with his fist raised in the air because he beat us and... Leon just looking despondent yeah. when we played that game. I can barely remember how the game actually works. I know there's rondelles. Yep. I know there's Mencala stuff. 
there's a whole bunch of it, but basically you're playing as knights and you're trying to get from one side of the board to the other for reasons. I think to spread your word throughout the different towns you spread go. Spread your seed throughout no, your spread, the, spread the word. To spread the word of like I think your kingdom or whatever else throughout the realm. I think that's the idea of or it. Maybe going on a crusade. I don't. know. Yeah, know, <laughs> possibly. Seems like a thing that you could do. Um, all I know is that we played it. And we're like, this is really, really good. Yeah. Yep. And then that was what five years ago. Yeah. And we just. I had- think it was a. One of your birthday shindigs. Remember how you'd have a birthday shindig? At- it was at the new seat, and yeah. it was in the big in chapel, the chapel room. room. Yeah. Yeah. So it might have. I could have just. It might have just been a Saturday night where they said, "I'll take the chapel." No one's in there, but um, yeah, it was really good. And I think maybe if I pick up that expansion, maybe we will give us a reason to get it to the table. Yeah. Happily, would play that. Yes, indeed. All right, we'll all, we'll all be semi-retired mm. with our winnings. <laughs> yeah, That's right. Of course, no mortgage anymore, and a cheeseman. <laughs> it's a cheese dice. Yeah. Men. All right. I think we're up to my number two. My number two. And for some reason, this thing is just bugging me. There we go. My number two. Just for anyone who wasn't visual and seeing what Mark was talking about as he was complaining into the radio, something with his head socket. <laughs> I was going to edit that bit out, Garth, but it's okay. It's not very exciting. Maybe I'll leave it in. <laughs> My number two. That's what he said. Uh, so days of, get to, to hear about Mark's number two. So many times I've talked about days of wonder, the glory days of days of the glory days of wonder. Of Is that that Tom Cruise movie? Wonder. And <laughs> this was... I think that's what led to him divorce or Nicole leaving. I don't it? know if this was the one that sort of started no. it all, but it was, it was close. It's a hidden traitor game. Called Shadows Over Camelot. Mm-hmm. Such a great game in its time. It was really the first one to do the, the the hidden trader really, really well. When you look back now, though, you're being a hidden trader while you're putting down two pairs or three of a kind, or you know, like it it has these cards that just have numbers on them. For reasons, was it designed by a Bruno? Uh, two Brunos, I think. It was the Brunos, was it? Or one or two of the Brunos? Yeah. And it's one of those games that fits into the. It came out in the mid two thousands, which I always find funny in my head because those games, they basically could have come out in the fifties. That's what it feels like. <laughs> Once they're in the mid two thousands, they oh, are. Dear Leon. They just, but you know what I mean, though. They, but yeah. they were before the boom. Well, no, of, I, of board gaming, they were the start of the boom, if anything. I but... actually feel like. One of the episodes we did on the show was possibly about, was it 2007? Mm. And that was the year been, that, yeah. that, you know, was it the year that Race for the Galaxy plus this massive year of... 2005 just... it actually came out. Okay. And it was, um, it was Bruno Cathala and Serge Leger. Uh-huh. Anyway, Leon, sorry, going back to the Stone Ages. Okay. Yes, 2005 was almost the Stone Age. Um, look, it just, I mean... It's ranked 460 on the Board Game Geek Top 100, which, yeah, that number's high, but it's not in the tens of thousands. I mean, for a game that hasn't been available for a solid decade, yeah. it's not bad. Well, And, you know, just as I was bringing it up on my little phone, uh, there are shops that sell it for over $100 still. Yeah. Now, one of the reasons that I haven't sold it is the nights are half-painted. And when I say half-painted, like... I'm not talking about I painted half of them and, and not the other half. I painted like half a night, 
<laughs> or the you know how you've got the um, today I think the Celts and the Picts <laughs> yeah are the sort of the generic baddies, and so one lot of them I think it's the Celts are wearing kilts Celts and kilts. Um, I've painted their kilts black I think because it's like metal that, that traditional kilt yeah like the metal black kilt. the black watch that's right so so yeah so a lot of the minis are half painted and then i never painted the rest um so that's part of the reason why i never sold it but also i love the look of those game those days of wonder games on my shelf and to have a big pile of them you know i like i've still got small world like i've still got um can't ever remember it. Not bats in the belfry. Um, the um, well, you've got Colosseum. That's in there. Yeah, Colosseum, and the the one about the monks. That's sort of roughly themed on in the name of the rose, but it's called something else. that's escaping. But uh, yeah, like I've got a big pile of Days of Wonder games from that that Days of Wonder glory time that I just really don't want to part with. Yeah, they could do no wrong for quite a while, mm, and then they right. then they hit. I can't remember what it was game it was. They hit a certain game, and then from there it was just like, oh. And they've never regained well, that shine. There, there was, uh, I think it was called River Raid by a certain Matthew Dunstan. That may have been one of the oh, games yes. that sort of fell flat. No, there was a train-themed game, not Ticket to Ride. It was sort of a mystery-solving train-themed game, which I did buy, and I did move on quickly after because it wasn't that good. I can't even okay. remember the name. The but name. Ticket to Ride was Days of War. Yep, yep, yeah, 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 sure was. Um, so yeah, so my number two, Shadows Over Camelot. There you go. Sorry, I was just looking at games released in two thousand and seven. Brass Lancashire Agricola Race for the Galaxy, Galaxy Trucker. It was just called Brass back then, Garth. Lots of good games. Coliseum. There you go. Coliseum was 2007. I know what the game I'm thinking of that Days of Wonder, well, in my gaming lifetime, Mm -hmm. because they did, obviously, Ticket to Ride, Small World, Memoir 44, Mm. Five Tribes, which I love. Yeah. I think the game, I don't know if it was the one directly after Five Tribes or two after, it was um, Yamatai. Oh, yeah. You hated that. It was shite. I really, it looks amazing. And then since then, they've just kind of... Yeah, a lot of, it, it, it's a lot of hit and miss. Yeah, There was that sort of um, family-friendly one with divers and boats. Oh, and that was stuff. Deep Water? Or yeah, that we that played was, at um, that, Essendon Unplugged. That was dull. It was like, yeah. here we it, Quadropolis, which was fine. It was okay. Uh, Cargo Noir, which is fine. Oh, Mystery I, of the Abbey, you were thinking of? Yes, that's the one, yep. Um, yeah, anyway, continue with the... There you go. No, Garth was going to tell us about his number two. My number two is on the list for a similar reason to a couple of other games, which is the memories I have of playing it with my kids. It's also, it's a fucking cracker of a game, Mm -hmm. uh, and we haven't finished it yet. That's Stuff Fables. Oh, yes. Stuff Fables, my kids... When we say, do you want to play something? It's almost the first option my daughter still says every single time. Yeah. but I need to get more than just her and I to play it. I need to get my son to play it, especially yeah. like Joe, my partner, she, she tried it. And, yeah. <laughs> Found it a little bit too complicated because she doesn't really play too many games. She didn't yeah. know how to move her teddy bear. <laughs> she found rolling the dice really tricky. <laughs> She's glad she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> um, oh, those stuffies. Oh, that, that's so good. Yeah. It's such a great game. How many years in a row, I think, did that appear right now? You must buy this at Christmas for some of your yes, relatives. yeah, like three, four years. I think I bought it for three different like yeah, sections same. of my family. Yeah, and it's just the story's beautiful, and there's those really nice minis, and 
yes, the setup can be a bit annoying, but as long as you've got the one sort of adult or older gamer who can take care of that, and all the younger players need to do is move around and sort of pick up cards and do the things, collect your buttons, it's really, really awesome. Yeah. And, and the fact that you can play a campaign over it, like the individual components in, in maybe 15 minutes. Yeah. And then you turn the page and you progress the story and things happen. And that's really, really cool. I, 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 I will not get rid of it. And I hope that we get to finish it at some point. Cause I know my kids have nostalgia about it as well. As I say, my daughter will still routinely say, when I say who wants to play a game, let's play stuff fables. So, it made me think of actually the fact that I know we talked about it lots and then we ended up not getting it because I think it was sort of shite was Comanauts, the sort oh, yeah. of bit more adult version. Mm -hmm. And I know we talked about it lots and we spoke to, um, I think I interviewed Colby Dowk about the same, the time that it came out, plus um, at least one of the designers but we never we never got it. We no, it was one of those kind of ones that it came out and everyone yeah. went, um. <laughs> which yeah. plaid hats sadly have a bit of a thing. But they have like this great idea, and they're like, we're going to put it into another game that as well. You should yeah. brilliant, and then oh, you've changed it. Why have you done that? <laughs> yeah. And and what's Gen Seven? And why do I? Oh yeah, God, don't go there. Well, anyway, oh, the stack of those triggering the many a board game store around. Even Australia, there's stacks of that. <laughs> just like, just please take it for God. That's right. Leon. Yep. Okay, Leon. I'm going to say something I never thought I'd say, but Leon, yep. tell us about your number two. No, thank you. Anywho. Uh, right, I will tell you about the number two board game on this. Uh. It is a game that Garth has played. Mark Excellent. Has, Mark has not. Leon Ooh. has played Ooh. with Garth, funnily enough. Ooh. We've only played it the once. Uh, I think the main reason we haven't played it again is because you need a very large group of people and most of the people I know in a very large group tend to play D&D &D, so that kind of takes precedent and that is a game called Forgotten Waters oh yes oh, I've been wanting to play that which is kind of kind of like a Mansions of Madness but you're a pirate and it's got the best voice acting in an app for a board game ever well is, isn't it the latest version of the Crossroads system? There is Crossroads stuff in it, yeah. and this was after Gen 7, and they mm. sorted their shit out. <laughs> um, and the reason I say it's kind of like Mansions of Madness is because it's not a campaign. There's different episodes. Mm. So I think there are some that you can play like together, and you can have a big of a story, but I'm pretty sure you can just play it episode by episode. But yeah, the voice acting is really good. The writing is really good. You're yeah. on a pirate. You can control a pirate ship going around an archipelago doing various different things, different locations you go to, you will flip over this book and then everyone kind of races to a location to do various different things because you're trying to help the crew, but you're also trying to do your own individual goals, which yep. I think some are known, some are secret to everyone else. So there's a whole bunch of different stuff. And yeah, we, again, we played it just the once. And this was, I want to say just before COVID was a thing just before. Yeah, because there were seven of us. Yeah. And it was five hours or so, wasn't it? But it, it yeah. didn't really feel that because no. you know, we were stopping and we had drinks yeah. and it was yeah. it was just We made a night of it. It, yeah. it is it is an experience. It's almost like a um an escape room in a box type thing because it, once we've done that opening scenario, I mean, it has been that many years. We probably could do that one again because <laughs> we wouldn't remember a thing of it. Mm. Now that I think about it, yep, can't remember how that finished. 
We could do it again, but yes, it's norm- normally a one-off type idea. But this game is designed for a large contingent of people. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't have, because the maximum is eight. I want to say if you have less than six at the very least, there are automaton things. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and like they're probably fine. Yeah. And I might want to read a few, I should probably read a few reviews to see how good they are. Mm. And if they are all right, maybe we can just knock out a game of this with like, you know, us or one or two others. But you do want, I think, a big group of these people because it makes it a bit more, you know, fun, thematic. You're being piratey and whatnot. Uh, we had a great fun that five or so hours. And then it's been sitting on my shelf since. But I've at no point have I looked at it and gone, maybe I should get rid of it. Every time I've gone, no, I'm keeping that. Because well, one day I want to play. Because also yeah. it's a website, not an app, so it's not going yeah. anywhere. Well, and, and you know your your thing, Leon, is you know is there a game that does a thing better? Yeah. And there's not many games that do it, and I can see why this game does appeal to that D and D style group because the app and the Crossroads deck is kind of your, your your GM or your DM. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. it takes care of all of that and allows everyone to to sit back and have fun instead of one person having done all that research and preparation and going oh yeah. when are they going to split the party and kill the thing that they shouldn't kill and all that kind of stuff but it is a wonderful experience again it was one five hour block of time god knows how many years ago but it was great yeah i really loved it a pirate rpg that once you wrap your head around the game mechanics which aren't that many it pretty much drives itself yeah rpg yes. oh that's maybe that's why we haven't played <laughs> That's why he wasn't invited. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's number one. Me for number one. Yes. And before I get to number one, I want to give an honourable mention. I've got this game. I had this game when I was a kid. Okay. So this, this is, is the game of her. No, but this is not my kid version because that has disappeared into the ether. This is a, a version that I bought when my kids were young. And I was like, oh, let's play this game that I used to play when I was a kid. And you'll see how rubbish it is. But also, it's kind of cool. Probably for the same reason that you've got HeroQuest on your shelf. That is Test Match. <laughs> Not the Test Match with the ball, with the roller thing. Oh, really? And the fielders. Oh, that was so good. Yeah, I had that and I got rid of it. It's over um, there. I've got it, it on my worked. collection. It never worked. Um, it's the Test Match with the, the bowler has a slider and the batter has a slider. And they just turn to roughly random points and then you add the numbers um yeah i just saw it on my shelf and i thought i really should chuck that out and i thought no i just like having it there like a warm blanket or an old teddy anyway yeah see i've got i don't have my original test match which is the one where the bowler had the the track the the half pipe that went down to the ground the new version that it flicks moved, the ball yeah. into the air. Yeah, wow. It's just so dumb. And the, the batsman's like, a, it's like a trigger as opposed to the batsman in my version from the 90s where you, you sort of slide it forwards it. and backwards. Oh, that was so cool. These yeah. kids these days don't know how to play test no, match. Yeah, I remember right. going to Toy World yeah. and buying the scoreboard. So you could get a 3D scoreboard that you'd clip onto the fence, <laughs> wow. and it was basically like that old school scoreboard yeah. that you could flip the, the numbers and like a real scoreboard where you oh, just yeah. turn the wheels and the it numbers was change. It was like being at the SCG. Anyway, my number one for real um, is Seven Wonders. Ah, we real with the no, no, <laughs> no. I said it was a game. <laughs> Seven Wonders with the Cities and the Leaders expansion that I reckon. Maybe it's seven years since I've played it, <laughs> but I've always kept it because I thought, again, 
oh, it might it might be one of those games that I take to Sarah's friend's place that we're introducing to all these entry-level games, and it would be something that they would like, and they might like to play it with their kids. Um, yeah. So, so Mark wasn't there that night, I'm thinking. No. Because this was on, when we did a list recently on the BGG, what game would I take out, or what game would I never want to play again? And it was Seven Wonders, because we played a game, I believe it was me, Garth, and it must have been Carl and Trent, where we thought, we hadn't played that in years, and Seven Wonders is great, let's play that. And yeah. it took ages for some reason, and I don't know, it wasn't necessarily complicated, but it was just things we couldn't wrap our head around. I don't know what yeah. was on with that night, but we all had a fucking shocking experience. <laughs> that's, that's why Seven Wonders Duel gets rid of a lot of that and makes it really streamlined. And Seven Wonders Architects, which is sitting on a pile of stuff that we've got to play and talk yeah. about at some point, but it's sitting on the floor... Because, God forbid, you'd have a shelf to put that stuff on. <laughs> well, I don't have an architect shelf. Or a Seven Wonders shelf, clearly. I've got Seven Wonders Jewel in in my cupboard. Yeah, and it's he, there with Yeah, hidden away, yeah. Look, uh, in all I had a lot of good memories of, of playing Seven Wonders. At, at Hogs, it was one of those games. Oh, it was, the Hogs, to Hogs. it was yeah. the Hogs game yeah. for years. And look, for a lot of gamers, it is their introduction to drafting. Yep. So I think you know, it, it is one of those games that a, a truckload of gamers have on their shelves or have had on their shelves. Um, I would encourage you, particularly Mark... Um, because you mentioned taking it to these yeah. these people that are new, is to, to actually try Seven Wonders Architects, because I played that with my daughter and with my mum. And uh, it is a refined and distilled version of, of Seven Wonders, oh, nice. where it it's not drafting. Yeah. However, on your turn, you've got the ability to pick up one of three cards from three different decks. So instead of drafting from player to player, yeah. you're choosing a, a deck that you can take a card from okay. and, um the, the three of us could sit down and i could teach you and we could finish seven ones architects in 30 minutes okay wow okay well i might have to try it but anyway that was my number one and one honorable mention okay well in that case i'll do an honorable mention too uh and that is dungeon roll which is a little box game that sort of comes in a, a chest and as the name would suggest, it has dice in there. And you are playing adventurers. And it's sort of that push you're like, let me go further, let me go further, excuse me, um, where you want to get a better reward and a better reward and a better reward. And sometimes you'll open a, a thing that'll give you some tokens, which allow you to then progress further. I played it on BGA. It's crap. No, you're not thinking of the right game. <laughs> My daughter and I played this when she was nothing, like virtually nothing. And we'd sit on the floor and she'd roll dice and she got it. Mm -hmm. and it's just I don't even know where I got the game I honestly couldn't tell you um, but it's really cool and really fun and we had a, such a lovely time it's not crap it's really tricky I think maybe the fun of rolling dice doesn't translate in that game to BGA maybe not and it was I think it was also one of those games where I went yeah I'm going to give that a try No, nah, I'm not going to read the rules I'm just yeah, going to like swing do it. the game <laughs> I was like what? 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 Yeah. what? Well, I, I reckon it, it, my my daughter has just had her twelfth birthday. It wouldn't have been played since she was five. Yeah, but again, I'm like another honourable mention would be the Wide World of Sports <laughs> quiz game. <laughs> yes, that is really on the floor. Yeah, later. yeah. It's not in the stack of games that we brought back from packs. Hang on, not keep, that you came to packs. Keep talking. I'm going to get some quiz questions. Um. It's got it's, Big Daryl Eastlake on the it's, cover. It's got Eastlake. It's got Tangle, Tangles Walker. Exactly right. Uh, it's got a Maxwell. Lou, Lou 
Richards. Richards. Um, it's like really old school. The reason it's not on the list before. is because my mum recently visited from interstate and brought it down and oh, said, I found it at a tip shop. You might get five <laughs> minutes of fun out of it. Leon, you want to hit us with a quiz question, which we will guarantee to know. I don't even know what year this is, as long as but it's not ask, recent. Ask yeah. any rugby league questions. Yeah, I mean, there's the, the, a solid probably a couple of hundred cards in there and each of these have 10 questions on them. Wow. Well, it says it says on the, the top of the box, 2,000. 2,000 questions! questions. Yeah. What's Whoa. what big like? <laughs> oh, God. I'm worried about... <laughs> I mean, you guys are old, so give this... Well, I'm worried about there being... A bit where we have misogyny. to dress up as women. Well, oh. yeah, misogyny, some racism or sexism mm. or something like that because, you know, you just think of the, oh, yeah. the footy show and all that stuff. And you just go, how society has changed. Yeah. yeah but So if there's questions about things that shouldn't be talked about, um, oh, then, then maybe my opinion will change. Probably most of it. Uh, <laughs> which golfer was named Male Athlete of the Year, which is hilarious. <laughs> in ni- we're, we're athletes, Gar. <laughs> in 1986 by Sports Australian Award. Oh, Greg Norman. Got to be Greg Norman. Yeah, uh, yeah it is to Greg Norman. Is it? Oh, okay. Yeah. I can say Jan Stevenson. <laughs> you and your Jan. Sir. Oh, this USSR. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, which West European athlete <laughs> tested the most positive for steroids? Um, oh, anyway. Actually, they're all, I think it's... Oh, right. Because I'm reading the number ones and all of them, and I think they're all about golf. So I'm guessing... Uh, yeah. So they must be in uh, sporting categories. Oh, there you go. Which is it's cool. just like some Trivial Pursuit game. Excellent. But where all the categories are sports. That's right. So uh, Patreon backers, if you want to hear a whole episode of us <laughs> doing nothing but wide world of sports trivia questions... And bad girlies like impersonations. Oh, hold the phone. In what country did Farlap die? New Zealand, New Zealand, the bastards. No, that's where he was from. Oh, USA, the bastards. Yes. USA. They 19, killed him. 1932. Mm, I remember it like it was yesterday. I'm sure you do. <laughs> Anywho. Yeah, let's get to a real game. Yeah. yeah. Um, My number one is the fifth game I wrote down. <laughs> uh, it's Warrior Knights. Oh, yeah. Warrior Knights, which where you are all playing rival barons trying to you know make your way up the food chain by having fights and intrigue and just killing Political people politics e- 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 exploration yes. and the church has a bit of influence and you've got to pay attention to the court to make sure that your royal standing is there it it's possibly one of the first of this kind of game that i played i guess it's Two thousand five, six, seven, something like that. So it's it's quite ancient, old, ancient, yeah. Um, but I just remember having my, I guess, eyes opened into you know what a kind of game can yeah. be like because I, I went from and I know I've talked about this before from not really playing games to going to War of the Ring and all this heavy stuff and what Warrior Knights wouldn't have been outside of that period of time where I, I was just getting into it. And it's long and it's involved and you're screwing over each other while you're also trying to be friends sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and it was just so good. And it still is ranked a number. The it, number... It doesn't surprise me. I, I, I think I've played it with you and with Trent, who... I've played I, this. I thought yeah. it was... 
what might have been his game. But Quite possibly. I, I bought a copy on uh, again for okay, a second-hand yeah. marketplace for, for another, like for 50 yeah. or 60 bucks, and I reckon I could triple my money on I that. was going to say, I, I reckon it's probably one of the first games I probably played with you when Trent introduced me to you. Yeah. And then we played it again probably... It wasn't actually that long ago. I, I mean, it was, say, it was yeah, more than like, a year, but it was at least two or three years ago. We, we played it at Trench Place. before COVID? Yeah, we played it at Trench Place. Because yeah. I, I remember liking it. I remember not a single thing about it, mm. but I do remember enjoying it. Yeah, it was yeah. 2006. It's still the it's the 313th yeah. thematic game. Yeah. So it's, it's you know, 1300, okay. 1300 overall, but in terms of theme, which is what Mark, you're all about. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's just... There's a lot to love. There's a lot to love. Once you get your head around it, it's actually not that bad. There's a little inbuilt expansion that allows you to just sort of play a little bit longer once someone is, you know, the king. Um, I, that whole thing of putting your secret orders into a pile. Yep. But then I think you're not sure what um, order the, the order they're going to come out. Yep. So it's um. Yeah, if you haven't if you haven't heard of Warrior Knights, which I, I dare say a lot of a lot of gamers who've come into the hobby in the last sort of half a dozen years or so may not have, it's worthwhile taking a look at. And, I, and I'll be curious to see because I've 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 not seen it come up for sale at all very very recently. I'd be curious to see what it goes yeah. for um, because I I I would be inclined to think it's yeah it's more than the money I paid for it. Yeah, I reckon it's one of those games that people hang on to and you know maybe pull out. Every few years and, mm. and, and have a crack at it. Yep. So there you go. That's my I think that's my final one. It might have even been in that list that our friend the Pope sent us the other day uh-huh. with like sort of big complex games. We play with this guy, we call him the Pope because we can't remember his real name. Yeah. We played um Here I Stand with him. He was the Pope in that game, which is where he got his name from. And we bumped into him at PAX it and did. he said, Oh, you guys like these big games, we should I'll send you a list of some that I've got that we should try, and I'm pretty sure that was one of the ones on that list. Yeah, okay, fantastic. Well, one of them was War Room, oh, yeah. which definitely curious to play. Yeah. Just got War Room. Leon, what yeah. is your number one? Or yeah. have you got a nines wide world of sports trivia question for us? <laughs> I've got a few because I've just been flicking through them because it's better than listening to you. Um, <laughs> but we'll do it like Jeopardy where I'll give you the answer and you have to give me the question. So, folks... <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, here you go. What, what I said that jokingly said false. You want to know some misogyny? Yeah. yeah. Here we go. Let's have a crack at this. There is no women's high jump event contested in the Olympics Games. There you go. That is false. False. But the fact that people could even think had to think about that. Yeah. Well, it was false when the um the game was produced. Yeah, probably. Probably. Has I got a question about which actor hasn't played Batman? <laughs> yeah. Ben Affleck and. Yeah. Christian Bale. Yes. George Clooney. This one you might know. And then I promise I'll get on to the actual <laughs> stuff. Which international cricket team holds the record of 11 consecutive test matches wins set in 1984? West Indies. The Windies. Oh, I love yeah. this game. Our Windies. This game. Anywho, back to board game. Okay, so, you're number one. My honourable mentions first. Hang on. You're number one. Oh, don't. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Uh, Sheriff of Nottingham, we've already mentioned it. Played play the hell out of that when it came Did out. Did we ever. Great game. 
that suffers from an expansion came out. The expansion looked like bollocks, and because of that, it's kind of made me forget the base game a little, which is kind of sad. But, but it's that, got a sack. That does happen. It's got multiple sacks. Everyone, Everyone gets, gets their own sack. Yeah, yeah and you, you, can, got, you get to put clips and stuff. A clip yeah. sack. Well, look, the, the sacks have got little press stud buttons. Yes. And you've got to go... Indeed. Yeah. And the two other ones, but I mention them all the time, so that's why they're not on the list, is Quantum and Spirit Island. <laughs> Quantum that I just love, Spirit Island. Again, so many expansions, and I'd love to be across the rules to be able to teach it easier. Just yeah, haven't done it yet. Are you back the new one? No, but I've got it on my list to do that mm. on payday. Uh, my number one is a game that we played, I believe, twice before we reviewed it. It is designed by some lovely Australians who are very, very good at art. Some people that you might know. Mm. You might have played some dwagons with them recently. Ooh. And this is a game that the reason it's my number one is because, like, if you had to tell, like, if I had to pick right now, Crusaders or Forgotten Waters, like, teeing up a night of that, I would love. But the thing is, with my number one, which is War of Whispers, mm. is this is a game that I would love to have three or four people that are... Not necessarily that well that are across the rules that I play it with. I've played it with say once every couple of months because I think it's a game that, especially like a group like us, we would really really enjoy if we got stuck into the kind of the nitty gritty and the, yeah, you know, the but, new the nuances of it because it's a really cool idea. Mm-hmm. But I think it's one of those games you needed to play it a few times to to f- figure out how it works. Not that the first time we played it we we're like I need to play that again. I'm not sure. The first time we played it we we're like this is cool. The idea was good and it works. But I just wanted to play it more to understand it a bit better. So that's why it's number one, because I'd love to love to get my hands on this one to the table and multiple times. Well, it's a, like it's a, a kind of it's a, that that war game yeah. where you're not controlling the armies. No. And you're through the course of the game, your allegiance to the armies changes, changes all the time. Yeah. And that's that's really interesting. Yeah. Uh especially for a game that can condense down into maybe an hour and a half two hours at most if the if the players know what they're doing yeah um i really really love it i know we'll get to you in a minute mark but <laughs> and just little mark things like that, it's a circle board which is something different and on the outside of that circle board is the turn tracker for the entire game so you know exactly where you are in the scheme of the game and when it's going to end and it's yes yeah, so many little cool things which dan may and brennan at quill silver are very good at and yeah well, I don't like to be the contrarian. Yes, you do. And you, you're right. There are some very clever bits to it. I just... Look, for me, I feel like it's it's the Enish of war games. And I'm... That oh, sounds great. What a wonderful endorsement. That should be on the... That should be on the box. <laughs> I don't know. It just fell flat with me. And I don't know if it's because that thing of, you know, you're, you're investing time into an army and then all of a sudden they're not your army anymore and you... So the feeling is you've wasted all that time that you've invested into that army because now you're going to invest time into another army. I don't know. Look, I, I mean, I see the attraction of it. It just, it just did fall a bit flat with me. Yeah, that very much sounds like he's wrong. Oh. <laughs> I know yeah, it doesn't wrong. sound right. Well, right. Sure. It, it does happen occasionally. So that is it. That is 30 games that we've played, we've liked, but we should play again, but we probably won't. Correct. That stack on the floor over there. <laughs> But Leon, if you had yeah. only one yep. that you could play, yep. what would it be? Like I said, my, my two or three, Forgotten Waters or Crusade. Forgotten Waters, just for the simple fact, the idea that we could have eight people I know in a room at the same time and that and five hours spare, 
that alone sounds like a miracle. So I'll go with that. But realistically, we could get Crusaders a crack sometimes. No, no, we're not talking about reality. Okay. Out of all of those games. Yeah, let's let's go Forgotten Waters then. All right, Mark? Ooh, I want to play Forgotten Waters. Because <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to play it. Yep. No, but for me, fair. I reckon probably a, a clear winner. Probably number one, I reckon. I can't. No, I have to say, because of how much fun I remember having with it, Felix the oh. Cat in the Sack. <laughs> and plus it only takes like 20 minutes. Yeah. We're not talking about reality, Mark. Time is of no consequence. Garthy boy, what are we going to play once we've got our cheese man in my fully paid up house? <laughs> we are going to play... Hmm. Once you find it on your fucking shelf somehow. Probably the Wide World of Sports quiz. Oh, that's on the I, floor. I, seem to, I seem to be doing quite well at that. That's right there. No, it was an honourable mention. Um, honestly, Warrior Knights. Yeah. Okay. It was the last one I talked about purely because I know it is a good game. Mm. We have talked about it. I know way back when, you know, this is probably... Maybe in the episodes where I'd started and you hadn't let yet, Leon, that... That sort of that fifty episodes in. Yep. We I reckon we did a review on it somewhere. Jeez, it's a good game. Yep. I'd happily play it again. Well, there you go. There's some games that people should learn so they can play it with us so we don't have to relearn them because that's, you know, the hurdle most of the time. There you go. But before we wrap up, mm. let's give away some shit. So because we knew this episode would be a long one. It's long. Um we I mean, did the draw before we started, so it's not live. But we did do the draw. We can... Uh, hang on. Yay! Some people won some things. Yes. And so we're going to draw three names. We have drawn three names. Yeah. Excellent. We are good at that. And in the order that they get drawn, so the first person gets the first pick, the second person gets the second pick, third person gets the third pick. Mm-hmm. You get to pick from our huge, huge, huge pile of games, which you will have seen if you've looked on our Facebook page. We posted up there many times, but we'll, I'll put a new. Uh, but there's post been more up. things added yeah, since that photo was taken a few months that's ago. That's right. There's always more being added. There's so many games in the pile. So obviously, if you're if you're the first winner, you just let us know what you want. Yep. If you're the second winner, give us two choices just in case the first winner takes one of them, and the third winner, so forth. Now. The first winner that we drew earlier is Lee Parrott. Congratulations, Lee. Excellent. Yes. Well done, Lee. You get the first pick, my friend. Good on you, Lee. Um, Almost a good name you've got there. (laughs) Wow. You were a couple of letters away, my friend. Wow. They're having a belter, but you can't because there can only be one. Did you want him to be called Leaf Carrot or? Sure. Okay. That would be pretty cool. All right. The second... I reckon it was Leon Greg Plant. Ha 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 ha. The second winner is. <laughs> Tegan Smith. What? Yeah, I know. Wow. Remember that? Was it CanCon? CanCon. 2020? And she had that game called Flicking Around Uranus or something? 
Yeah, Space Uranus or... No, flick- it, was a, it was a flicking space game. Flicky, Is that what you two have been doing with our fucking Patreon money? Jumpy... <laughs> Going over to Canberra and flicking anuses. <laughs> Jump, jumpy space track. It was really good, though. I hope she's yeah, progressed it with lot, it. It was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, Tegan, you're it's our another second. another thing we only didn't go to. Second. <laughs> now that sounds better than Pax. <laughs> oh, it was pretty good, actually. Um, maybe you should go next year. Um, oh, Tegan, congratulations, you're our second winner. Sorry, that CanCon was where we played this little game with some no-name designer. Oh, mm. was it Fart and Bolus? Yeah, yeah, an Anno 1900. Yeah. Uh, that Aussie legend. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we had so much fun at that CanCon. We, we sure did. Yeah. There was also and, another really good game designer called Peter Peter Hawes. Peter Hawes. Yeah. Bumped into him at the second-hand game sale. Exactly. Whipped well, out my microphone and said, Peter, mate, how are you? And he goes... Who are you? Spoiler alert, maybe I'll go to CanCon next year. No, I can't because I'll have a one-month-old child. There you go. Where are your priorities? The well, anyway, congratulations, child. Tegan. That's And excellent. number three, you're not going to believe it. Well, I probably are because it's one of our patrons. Well, yes and no. <laughs> Okay. So, uh, I mean, I mean they are what? just just to show that this is a fair income drawer, because yeah. normally, otherwise, we would never, we would always make sure that this guy doesn't win anything from us. <laughs> it is Leon Cannon. Our co- <laughs> no, I'm a, well aware. I get he's nothing. a perpetual loser. Yeah. No, no, he doesn't back us. This but. is this is our new, our new best friend from a certain. Other podcast oh, in around Australia. Fuck off. Mitch Keddy. <laughs> I know, I couldn't believe it myself. Wow. I was tempted to like, you know, just just redraw. But just to show that things are above board. Congratulations, Mitch. All right, the things we do to grow the whole thing. Sending them games. What that's bloody rich, isn't it? Yeah. Well, they've never sent us any. Anyway, so Mitch. Um, hit us up with your top three picks from our huge game pile. And if you're lucky, we'll actually send it. Yes. Plus, you know, for any... Because we have received um, quite a few new backers in mm. the last little month. So we've got uh, got some dice shooting all over the country oh, yes. as well. Which new is dice going out. Yes. And thank you. I know this is an ad-free podcast, but I do want to say thank you to our dice sponsor, Tina from Behold Games. She does do a great job with our custom dice men yes. dice and thank you to everyone listening but be sure to tell all your friends so they can sign up and give us money because we like money but also we love doing these bonus episodes every month they yeah. are so even though this time tomorrow we won't need money because we all will have had our houses yeah. off oh yeah we'll still do the show yeah absolutely Just, Just... i'll be doing it from my own private island <laughs> Leon. In what universe would we fucking continue the show? We'll have, we'll have a real studio. Million. We can buy our real studio. We do it. We do a lovely final episode. Yeah, I know. I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd pay someone to be me on the radio, and we could we could fly down all our patreons to have a game day with us as our big wrap up party. No, to be fair, we probably could we keep, afford that. We, like we it's probably, only one hundred and sixty million. <laughs> we probably would keep doing the show if like none of us have to work anymore. Well, then I think of all the I'm games we'd be playing. We'd we'd need to talk about them. Yeah, we don't want to just talk amongst ourselves because no. you know our no families already want nothing to do with it. Hence why we started right. the show in the first place. Well, how yeah. about if we, if one of us win the hundred and sixty million? Yeah, we charter a plane. Invite our couple of hundred nearest and dearest and have a 24-hour gaming convention where the plane just goes around the world. Our own gathering of friends. Yeah, at 40,000 feet. Gathering of paid friends. <laughs> well, no, because we're paying for them. Shotgun Mile High Club. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I think that's about enough. 
So that's so, why you want Mitch Keddie to be a bear. There'll be no, there'll be no flicking of Uranus, I can guarantee you. <laughs> okay, I think we better call it there. Yeah, All probably. right, thank you so much for listening into our secret episode seven. Keep your ears out for uh, our third PAX episode coming soon. And of course, everything else. We'll be back with even more, giving away more stuff, talking about more stuff. <gasps> We've got a Christmas giveaway. Oh, maybe I shouldn't mention it. We've got a Christmas no. giveaway coming soon. Oh, yeah. And guess what? All our Patreons get bonus entries. That's yeah. pretty Fantastic. Special. All right. Thank you so much. Bye. You've been so wonderful. We're going to go. Oh, we let him have the buttons again. Oh, this is fucking stupid All episode. Bye. You've been listening to another episode of The Dice Men Cometh, proudly brought to you by LFG Australia. Be sure to check out lfg-oz.com.au for all the details of their online and physical retail store. You can find us at dicemencometh.com or on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter. And don't forget, you can support us on Patreon too. Thanks for listening.